1924, Richard Connell released his short story, The Most Dangerous Game, where a shipwrecked man found himself the prey of an insane Russian aristocrat. Ever since, cat and mouse movies have captured Hollywood's attention. And you can even say it led to some near perfect films. Let's get started. Oh I hate God. you so I much. Hate, I hated I hate that. So I was, that was the best version that <laughs> I ended hated up. I hate I'm you. I'm so the happy. Perfect. I'm so happy. Like I'm so I happy right now. Oh, this is the most fun I've had all week. Oh that was God. the worst thing I ever oh, had. That was good. That was good. I'm glad you guys love my puns so much. Yeah. You know, I'm going to do you. puns every cold open for yeah, now. I mean, on. you might as well at this point. I, this is the first one I've done. You know, it, if it was like a better pun, I wouldn't have minded. But if it felt like it was kind of low hanging. I mean, I did Google cat pun and it was the first one that came out. Yeah. And like You had one. to look for you, it? You had to look up perfect. <laughs> I kinda, well, originally I was thinking about, um, I was going to do like they're making a real killing off of it. But I'm like, that doesn't really make sense here. Yeah, it doesn't So then I decided, well, let's go, for a cow, let's go for a cat uh, pun instead. And this is where we ended up. All right. But on this point, welcome to 321 Binge. You still don't know the name of the show, do I you? don't remember the name of the show I named. I'm your host, Chris. <laughs> Here's one of our co-hosts, Tyler. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> and our other co-host, Faison. Yep. And this week, we're going to be talking about some classic cat and mouse uh, movies. The Ultimate Chase. The Ultimate, the ultimate Prey. The Ultimate yep. Chase. Yeah. Our first movie is Catch Me If You Can, where there's this young kid, Frank. He's, what, 17, 18 like at 17 the time? I think it's like 17 at the start. Yep. His, his parents end up getting divorced because his dad is being investigated for... Well, from what I found out, tax evasion. Basically, he runs away, and he just, in order to make a living, he starts forging checks, making I mean, just what you millions do. of dollars. If it a works lot for of the money. first, if it works for the first hundred thousand, there's no reason. To yeah, and throughout the movie, he's being chased by this FBI agent, and to get away from him, he just starts making up more cons. It's great. It's kind of impressive. <laughs> it is impressive. I mean, also it's based, on a based true story. off of a true story. Yeah, I did not realize that until the end because, like, I, apparently it says it in the very beginning, like in the opening title sequence, but I didn't notice it. I think it. Oh yeah, no, it does. Yeah, yeah, I didn't does. notice it at all. And yeah. then at the end, it's like Frank still, uh, you know, Frank is now married in the middle in the mid Midwest, and it's like, what? yeah, he works this as a, a security person. expert. Yeah, in, yeah, in he makes forgeries. He makes millions, millions of dollars. He built because, because he knew every, how to break into checks. Yeah, I mean, who better to get the guy who broke. Every rule to be like, hey, you should probably make the rules now since you're the one breaking them all. I mean, yeah, it's, it's honestly great. I really, I, I, this is a fun movie. I mean, it's, it was fun. It's Spielberg, right? Yeah. So it's like the beginning was a little depressing. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's Spielberg, Leo, and Tom Hanks. So yeah, it's a good, it's a good trio. Yeah. Like I, this is it's young Leo too because this is 2002. So it's only five years after Titanic. So this is like he, it's famous. This is Leo. peak Leo. Well, I well, not really. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say, say pick a peak for him. So yeah. yeah, he's been in his peak for like twenty years. Yeah, he, <laughs> he hasn't seemed to to really to really fall off anytime soon. But this is like 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 just suddenly super famous Leo, like post Titanic Leo. Yeah, but it's not like like Wolf of Wall Street, Great Gatsby era uh, Django Leo. Yeah. You know, in terms of acting, or you mean his? In terms of, I guess, just like popularity. Do you I think mean, yeah. he's more popular now than he was before? I think with a larger demographic. Yeah, because back then he was the was like a teen, teen heartthrob from Titanic, and I guess they carried over to this because he's still playing the seventeen-year-old. So. Yeah. Okay. It's like you know he's probably like yeah, had yeah a demographic he killed him, but like now he's just popular. Yeah, now he's just throughout. like the most one yeah. of the most famous actors. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it was a big thing. Like when is Leo gonna get his Oscar? And he got it for Revenant, which is probably not the right one. It was a good performance. Yeah. It's not a great movie. But like I don't. I mean, think... it was a good movie. It was a good movie, it's but just uh, not like his best movie. Yeah, I, there's still two. I mean, for me, there's two others that are better. Which are? I mean, not not like him acting wise. Yeah, yeah but which are? 
Departed. Departed is my favorite God, role Departed's from him. Departed's so fucking good. And then, uh, I mean, people wanted him for Wolf of Wall Street, but Matthew McConaughey wasn't losing that year, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. That was for Dallas Buyers Club? Yep. Yeah, no, Matthew McConaughey was not losing that year. Um, this part is a really good movie. But yeah, I think this is I think this is a really fun movie. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah. It's the lightest compared to our, our next two on the list. Yeah. But it's just like... Um, I mean, it, it still had some like dark moments. Yeah. Well, not like... It's not. I wouldn't say dark, but like well, sad down moment. Yes. Yeah, there's the there's a scene towards the end where he gets captured and he's being escorted back to the U.S. by uh, the agent played by Tom Hanks. Yeah, and the agent informs him that his father died, and, and it comes uh, out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, first of all, the whole thing was his dad in the movie isn't true. Once he ran away as a kid, uh, he never met his dad again. Uh, in the movie, they just put that in because Spielberg also was a parent, was a kid of divorce, so he wanted yeah. to have more of a connection there. Yeah, yeah, he wanted to be like he was doing this to like uh, impress him. his dad or impress yeah. his dad. Yeah, I mean, it is it does make a really nice character dynamic. Yeah, because yeah. like when you see like young Frank with his father in the beginning of the film, where it's like um, he's like they're they're fooling around together, they make these jokes together, and all this It's like such a, it's a very wholesome dynamic. Yeah, like the and, scene where he gets uh, where he's like in the office uh, because he was. Um, imitating the substitute yeah, French teacher. Yeah. And then his mom's like all disappointed in him and then him and his dad just like smile at each other yeah. while they're walking out. That's like a great little moment. Yeah. yeah. I mean like, like yeah. he was impersonating his French teacher for a whole week and his dad's like, all right, that's impressive. How the hell would you do that for a whole week? Yeah. It's like a fun little moment. But then later on, like uh, when he realizes his mother remarried and he meets his dad in a bar, it's such like a, a dreary, almost fucked up moment because like he's walking away and his dad's like, where are you going? Where are you going? Somewhere nice, somewhere like Tahiti, Hawaii. Because like he, the last thing he knew is he, uh, his his son was a uh, an airline pilot. Yeah. yeah, So it's almost like rubbing it in in a way. Like it just it gets really toxic between them, and it's like uh, I think that dynamic's really interesting. Yeah, as it goes through. I mean, Walken got nominated for this one, which I mean I didn't see any of the other movies that he was nominated against. He didn't win, so I found it weird that he was nominated. But granted, I don't know much from like 2002 movies and which ones were supposed to be that good. I mean, I think Walken was pretty good in this overall. Like he's not he's definitely not giving a bad performance at all. Oh no, he's not. I mean like the two standout moments for him is the scene in the fancy restaurant when he's uh, Yeah, about to break down. Yeah, and then the one I guess the boss scene is the second one. Yeah, I mean those are his major scenes because it's after that that we don't see him again. Yeah. I, yeah, his last scene is the boss scene, so. Yeah. I think one thing that's definitely worth noting is the music and this is done by John Williams of extreme fame. <laughs> uh what Star Wars, Jurassic Park, Harry Potter, E.T. Anything Jaws. that's big. Yeah, anything that if you hear the theme you know the movie, it was John Williams. Yeah. Or if you see Spielberg, it's probably John Williams. Yeah, he also does Schindler's list. Like outside yeah. of like it's gonna be interesting to see. Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> that's a really yeah, was that Zimmer? It. Yeah, Zimmer. That's Zimmer. Okay. Yeah. I mean most people who know even if you don't know like uh composers, you de- probably will you can ask anybody their name Williams, their name Zimmer. Yeah, like those are the big two. Those are those are the only two I know. Yeah, those are also the only two I, know. <laughs> I mean, I some a, uh, people might say like Trent Reznor or Johnny Greenwood, but that's just me. So look at this guy rubbing it in. Yeah, all right, Tyler. Rubbing in knowledge, and I get it. We know you. You know music, okay? Cool. <laughs> no I saw like a, okay. <laughs> I saw like a live orchestral performance of like uh, Williams versus Zimmer in the UK. It's really nice. Like they both do like distinctly different music, but orchestra really battles. <laughs> kind of. Kind. It was good. It was. A, That's it was actually a, pretty cool. It was a really nice. It was a really nice experience. But um, I think that this is gonna be a, maybe a bit of a hot take for this movie. I think this is one of the few movies where John Williams' music doesn't work super well. Like I don't think it's bad, but it feels almost very Christmassy. Like it reminds me of like his stuff on Home Alone. Like it's very jingly, very happy music, and it it doesn't like the movie feels like a little bit more grounded for his kind of like whimsical sound but doesn't the christmas aspect work it works it works because they, they meet every year on christmas him and yeah. his, the agent yeah. hunting him 
But I feel like his music feels just a bit too whimsical. Okay. I don't know. It throws me a little bit. Yeah, I do feel like the, there was never like the music never added like tension or so, like suspense yeah. as much as it could have. Yeah. It was very but happy. Do, yeah, yeah, but it happy wasn't music. Like there was, I mean, you might have got some suspense when Frank was about to be caught by Carl, the FBI agent, and I mean, like that doesn't really happen because you there's no suspense when, during that first meetup yeah, when they true. when they meet. Yeah, no. When, when you know uh, Carl, he's getting away with it. Yeah, because you, yeah, you automatically assume it's like, oh, he's this is the first time they meet. They can't, he can't lose immediately. He's gonna find a way out of it, and it doesn't really get caught until later in the movie. And even then, uh, it's not that suspenseful. There are moments with tension, like when he's in the little French village, and uh, oh, Tom Hanks has come to get him, and then also at the end when he goes and he visits his mother's house and he realizes yeah. she has had a new kid. I'd say like, if not tension, at least intense you know, moments. Apparently, yeah. that wasn't true. Also not true. Yeah. Oh, okay. She didn't have that. another kid. Yeah. He took. A- he also <laughs> grew up with like two brothers and a sister. Spielberg is yeah. just like cutting and pasting shit wherever he wants he, to make it more emotional. He lifted the main point of Frank's story of him conning yeah, yeah. that part. That the, part. The, yeah. Right. I think the yeah. whole con part and a lot of the cons that he went through were like really accurate. Yeah. Because they right. act, they had like an actual FBI agent on on set for it. On set. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then Frank said he didn't want to be. He didn't want to be involved in it or something. Because like that. then he would be like, "Oh no, I want it to be this. I want it to look better." He's like, he knew he was gonna do that. So he was like, "Hey, here's my story. Here's... Don't let me touch it. Um, like, here's my story. Don't let me touch it." Basically, okay. but like, I'll give yeah, basically, I'll give you my basic details. I don't really care that he like he's he thought it was fine the mm-hmm. dad thing because like oh I get it he wanted to have that aspect for it it didn't happen but, but I mean he liked movie. he yeah it makes what he saw movie. yeah okay I mean that's fair I think that like. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think there are. I think it's. I think it's overall definitely feels like a movie and less like a historical event. Like, not, especially when you like, like moments like that always feel a little bit fabricated in movies like this that are based yeah, off yeah. a true story. When they try and like they dig into the family drama, mm. it's like okay, you had you 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 weren't no one really here was aware of it. So it's like it always feels tagged on. And in this case, it literally most of the was tagged is, on. Yeah. yeah, in this like in, in this, this case, case, yeah. But um, I think it still works to like its merits as a movie. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I think that scene was like heart-wrenching oh yeah oh yeah that was like, <laughs> like the most like he sees his like little half-sister and he's knocking on the glass she knocks back and then he just like says bye and he's just like tells the cops just take me to the car put me in the car put me in the car yeah and it's like man that's fucked <laughs> that's really good but one quick thing one last thing on Moe's music he did schindler's list man i wonder if it's if it's as upbeat and jingly because i have not seen schindler's list and that would feel like a weird mix Probably not. I, I have I a feeling assume it's not. not. I, 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 have none I of completely seen it? assume not. But I've never heard anything of Williams that doesn't feel like what would Jaws. be jingly. Jaws. Jaws feels intense, but it's still. I guess mm, okay. I mean, I guess Jaws is the fair one there. Mm. Yeah. I just really. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to be like. It's gonna. <laughs> it'd be really weird to play Home Alone music over Concentration Camps. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it definitely would. <laughs> <laughs> like that'd be a little bit. Little bit I have weird, a feeling right? they're not gonna do that one. <laughs> just, <laughs> just the, just the thought. I, I, would, I would hope not. I, let, let's hope. I guess. <laughs> oh man. I mean, some of the cons that that uh, Frank pulls in this movie are really fun. Like, yeah. I really like just the airline one. The airline general. montage and the like the in montage at the, the beginning. Yeah, that's like fun. probably my favorite of his of his schemes. Just the yeah. airline one. Like the law one is fun, but he, in the end he says like, "Oh, I actually studied for the bar," so he didn't really, you know, he, he didn't, didn't really cheat. It, yeah. yeah, he just he was just really smart. The doctor or, one's pretty like, funny. Yeah, the doctor one's well, funny. Even like the first time he meets uh, Carl, where he's like, "Yeah, I'm a Secret Service agent." Yeah, yeah. that's a that's a great short bit. Yeah, yep. it's like he he completely just bullshits. He's like, "Here's take my whole wallet," you know, just check my whole wallet. You know, let me hey, let me go and walk down. Let me get this guy. 
he just like completely he he gambled everything on the fact that this guy wouldn't open it yeah until he left yeah until he left and it was just a complete completely paid off in the end yeah it's such a good moment i mean like i really i also really like the um like as you said this movie kind of works on a christmas level yeah because every year him and tom hanks end up basically having a call together on christmas because um, it's really that there's t- like obviously uh leo plays frank as a kid he is a kid he's 17 yeah. years older you don't really see him as a kid when he's conning her. and on christmas is the time where he still shows that he's a kid because yeah. he's alone yeah and yeah. the only person he can out- talk to is basically the fbi agent that's fine like, trying to catch him yeah. yeah i mean it's also a little bit self-destructive like every time he's like actively giving information out because frank's smart frank frank's yeah. pretty aware of what he does and doesn't need to do to get caught but like the first time he calls him he says hey i'm in this hotel room i'm in i'm in this place and uh, t- uh, the agent's like, I don't believe it. That's bullshit. You're trying to make a fool out of me. I'm not going to go. Right. It turns out, yes, he was, he was in that there. place. In, and he was, in fact, he was pretty in much giving himself room, up. Like. Yeah. Yeah. And then later times he mentions the Yankees. He mentions um, Barry Allen. Ba- he mentions Barry Allen. Yeah. You know, like all this, these little things that give it away on him. And uh, it, it's, it's kind of like a self-destructive thing where he's, he doesn't really want to be here. But he, he does like the thrill of the hunt. Or maybe it's even that he does love the thrill of the hunt so much. that like, It might be that. Because like at, uh, at the end, he basically he gets captured and he gets offered a position in the FBI to work hunting down the people who commit crimes like him. Yeah. And he um, at the end, he has a chance to escape and he you know gets uh, an airliner costume again and he yep. sets out. And Tom Hanks says, no one's going to chase you and that's why you're going to come back. You know, there's no one chasing you. You'll be back here by Monday. And he mm-hmm. is. So maybe he really just loves the thrill of the hunt so much to the point that like he wanted to have this like antagonist chasing him. Do you think he would have gone back to his wife? No. I don't think he would have. I mean, she did kind of narc him out. That scene was also I, great though. I don't think she knocked him out. I don't think she had a choice really. I don't I mean, I don't Oh, no, no. Well, I mean, okay, cuz when he jumps out the window, yeah, he tells her to go to yeah. the airport. Tell but, nobody about this, go to the airport. But also Tom I mean, Tom Hanks breaks in and like she sees her there. She sees her there like she's not do you think she would have just lied for him when she and just she discovered did, they could have been together but she just discovered that she's been lied if to as she well did, she could have been together that's all i'm saying she technically did rat him out technically there yeah. i mean they're not together anymore there you I go yes i oh, guess well, that, that, person, that leaves the person the he married wasn't her no nope. oh, okay yeah, he met so. his wife while working undercover for the fbi oh okay I mean, I guess speaking of uh his, but I guess was, his first wife in the movie yeah what were you gonna say for that? was the wife even like real Amy Adams, or, or was no, no. I mean, like, was she a real thing, like a real life person, or was are it? You, just you, for were the you movie? asking if Amy Adams is real? <laughs> no, I'm asking if he means the character in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I assume so. But like the way you asked that, it threw me for a second. But yeah, it is played by Amy Adams, and um, I guess that's like They're I, the same I, age, by the way. Huh? Leo and her are the same age. So it works <laughs> there's out. definitely a joke in there about Leo never looking back at her. Probably. Uh, for those who are not aware, Leo um is infamous. Oh yeah, for, it is. Yeah. 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 Okay. Leo is infamous for um, dating women into their like twenty five until they're twenty five. Yeah, and then dumping them for a new younger woman. Uh, it's it's a very obvious trend. Yeah. So that's why he went and he he went, he went and found a second wife. Yeah, I guess. Um, I was surprised that Amy Adams was in this movie. I didn't. I, apparently, I just didn't read anything in the title card in the beginning. <laughs> you definitely <laughs> didn't. <laughs> I was just looking at the animation. I didn't notice shit. Um, like based off a true story? Nah. Nah. That's nah, not Amy important. Adams, nah. <laughs> But um, I actually wasn't out aware of because I saw Christopher Walken's name in the beginning, and that's how I realized he was in the movie. Oh, so Otherwise, you saw that part? I saw that part. I just saw I saw Chris. I saw my own name, and my I couldn't oh, take my of eyes course. off. Uh, of yeah. course, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it is a pretty star-studded cast. Yeah, 
Yeah, like it's it's Tom Hanks, it's Leonardo DiCaprio, it's Christopher Walken, it's Amy Adams, it's who was the other one again, Tyler? What Walken, Adams, Martin Sheen, Martin Sheen, Martin Sheen. That was who it is. Um, so it's an overall. I mean, there's also uh, who who's the guy who plays um Amy Adams' father? Yeah, Sheen. Okay, it was Sheen. Oh my god, I'm having the day. Um, it's like a great cast and a lot of really fun performances. And I'd also say that between the three movies we're going to talk about, this is the movie that is the most cat and mouse. Yeah. Because here it, here it feels like the cat. there's a relationship between the cat and mouse. In in one of the movies we're going to talk about, uh, the cat and mouse have never even met. Yeah. And in the other movie, it's a little bit weird to kind of describe the dynamic between them. If this one really, really feels like a Tom and Jerry episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it, it just feels like one long Tom and Jerry episode. Yeah. yeah. You keep having, oh, so close. Oh, I lose him again. So close. And then escapes. Yeah. It's like, what's the zaniest way I can, uh, I can escape him now. Okay. I'm going to hire these eight women from college and pretend that I'm going to turn them into stewardesses. Yeah. So everyone's looking at them and no one's looking at me. It's like, man, that's a fucking cartoon. Plan. And then they somehow all go on the flight and everyone's like, oh, you were supposed to be here. It's like, wait, what? How late? <laughs> I think he just ditched him. He's like, ladies, just wait here. And then he just walks away. He just this was women dressed as stewardesses confused. Yeah. yeah. This was also probably the most lighthearted movie. Oh, oh definitely God. is. I don't think, I mean, outside of like uh, Christopher Walken's character, nobody died. Yeah. I can't think at least of anyone else who died. No. Nobody got it. like murdered in this movie. No, there's no, a, no killings in this one. Yeah, definitely yeah. pretty lighthearted on that. It's the easiest one to just throw on. Really. It's a good family movie. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna <laughs> it's, have, it's Spielberg. Yeah. It's Spielberg. It's like actually maybe not with that prostitute scene, but <laughs> oh, the pro- it's so that scene is so weird. There's a couple scenes like that that are just off. But I mean, that one sticks out the most because like, like it's after it's like uh, only like halfway, not halfway, less than halfway through the movie. He goes into this hotel and this woman notice notices that his car that he just bought is like a high it's a luxury car and she's mm-hmm. like oh is that your car yeah yeah let's spend the night together and then she brings up like how much would you pay for me and then you find basically find out that she's a prostitute yeah but the thing is she's like oh you can't he's like all right i'm gonna go cash this hunt not hundred a thousand dollar check and she's like you can't do that and it's like we we knew that he could sh- get these checks cashed anywhere so like the point of the scene feels so weird if that was the point of i mean it. maybe I it was to introduce the, the fact that like He's looking for like he's missing some kind of female attention or some shit. But he had that scene, uh, the, the other sex scene. That's couple, what I'm saying. I yeah. don't really know. It does. Feel I'm trying weird. to justify it, but I, I don't. I can't really think of one. It feels like something that you would have expected to end up on the cutting room floor. Yeah, it's, I don't, it's already a long. It's the longest movie we have here, and it feels. I mean, it, it both feels long and doesn't because yeah. it's entertaining throughout. But at the same time, if you cut this scene out, you don't lose anything. I wonder how the real Frank felt about this. You know, did he go and take his kids to see this movie, and they see him like hiring a prostitute? And that scene. That's, that's when you just that's go, yeah, that, that didn't happen. happen. <laughs> that, that, that one definitely didn't happen. Honey, honey, no, that's Spielberg. All Spielberg, I swear. Honey, I didn't meet you then. <laughs> um, But you said this is probably the weirdest scene to you, or like the most off scene. I think the quiz opening scene oh, yeah, that feels one too. very strange, and I still don't know what the hell was going on with that. I yeah. No. The movie opens with like a game show where it's three people. The One is the real Frank, and then two people who also are saying that that's his name. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just does that as a way to intro the movie, but at the same time, it never cuts back to that. So, like, was like, yeah, was he was on like, a game it was show? It like a one-off. <laughs> yeah, I was like, like, was he on a game show after all this? Or I like, kinda, I kind of forgot about that scene until you told me about it. Like, I completely it's so weird. For, it's so off and, like, out there. Like, I thought I was going to be like, oh, is this just... I like, this is the second time I saw this movie, so I forgot about it entirely. I'm like, oh, wait, did they use this to, like repurpose the whole movie and then he keeps flashing back to the quiz show it's like no he's just there for no reason and it never returns were you thinking it was gonna be like slumdog millionaire like it was in a cut from the game show to like moments that's my life. people 
Yeah, I mean, like, uh, it would have worked fine to work in the movie, but they never did. Yeah, I know, I agree with you. It's just, like, there's moments like that that are weird. Like, this is a, I would say, like, there's also other things. Like, in the first act, I noticed there were some scenes where it was kind of, like, there was, like, weird gaps between dialogue. Like, just, just like, one-second things mm. where it felt like maybe the editing in this movie was just a bit too loose for its own good. Yeah, you it don't, wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't as concise as, like, the next two movies on our list by far. You don't need to make the, – and the movie, it was, like, two hours and 30 minutes or something. Yeah, I felt like you could probably shave – You could have cut, like, 20 minutes, minutes off. Yeah. I mean, you're being generous. You're just, you're just chopping at this film, Tyler. Well, right? how long is that prostitute scene? Like, five at least? Yeah, okay, take the prostitute scene. Quizzes at least two, three. I feel like you need a new opener. Oh, no, you can open just with uh, with – Tom Hanks going to the prison, honestly. Because it's like most of the movie's flashing between like the past yeah. of Frank doing the crimes and the present of Frank being escorted back to the US. Yeah, you could open the movie. You could open with the prison. prison scene. So that's you're shaving off at least ten minutes there. But what, yeah. what other ten minutes would you shave? I mean, you said there's just a bunch of like dialogue points. Yeah. So that adds an, not yeah, you can cut off like, maybe two a, minutes. Maybe. Okay, let's say you get rid of two minutes there. Uh I think that the scene where like there's a scene where he's um his parents are getting divorced, and he's given the sh- paper, and he's like, they're like, you know, sign sign here. And he's like, he, he runs away, right? Yeah. I think that scene is just weirdly edited. Like, n- not to cut it. Like, you keep that scene, obviously, but I think you it's can just do edited it, weirdly. Yeah, you can do it a bit better. Yeah, because it just cuts, like, it's like close-up of his face. Yeah. And, and then, then Bambi's running. running away. Yeah. yeah. It, it, that, that just, like, I saw that, and I was like, okay, that's... In- like, wearing the same exact clothes. <laughs> like, yeah. did he just walk out? Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it just felt, like, weirdly edited. And then also, this movie... Like, not as a fault to itself, but I guess just compared to the other two, it doesn't have, like, as many unique, visually endearing shots. No, cinematography is whatever. Yeah, cinematography, yeah. it is, exactly. It's whatever. Like, it's, it's, perp- it's, like, palatable or it does its job. But, like, when you, watch, when you watch it directly after the next two movies, it's like, okay, I just saw some really nice looking shots. Yeah, but <laughs> the I mean, other yeah. Night, you know? And granted, at the same time, those other two movies won Best Picture. This one didn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's fair. And again, this is a Spielberg. It wasn't movie. even nominated for Best Picture, so. Yeah, well, what year was 2002? Maybe that's that was, 2002. Was a good year for movies? I can't remember. Yeah, it was. Okay. Uh, well, well I... uh, we're going to. 2002 Oscars. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a good way to look at it. What What did get nominated in 2002? It's what... going to be 2003 Oscars because it's always the year before. Oh, uh, is it 2003? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Lord so, of the Rings yeah. is in 2002. For, oh. yeah. For, yeah. Classic. Yeah, Lord of the Rings got nominated. Gangs of New York. Which that one? Was... Ooh, that's, that's a good movie. And The Pianist was uh, for Best Picture. And neither, and the one that won was... I, I missed Chicago. That's the one that won. Yeah, Best Picture, Chicago, Chicago Is Chicago won. that good? Apparently. I've never seen it. But, like, that's... I have seen Gangs of New York. I have seen, obviously, Lord of the Rings. And I have not seen The Pianist. But, God, Gangs of New York is a really good And then The Hours, everyone forgets about. But, apparently, that's... I've seen like none of these movies. Holy fuck! I know there's a lot of stuff I have not seen from 2002 that got nominated. (laughs) That's the beauty of the podcast. We're gonna have a 2002 Oscars category. I mean, 25. What? what, Lord of the Rings and Gangs of New York and one more pianist. Sure, you just listed the three right there. (laughs) I mean, I think we have Lord of the Rings somewhere else, but we can probably do the hours then. You said. I don't even know what the hell that movie's about. I have no idea either. Uh, Okay, I guess there was there was some staunch stark competition. Sure. Damn, Chicago won Best Sound, too? It's a musical. Okay, you know, we should watch Chicago at some point. Yeah. but um, It's also the Year Spirit Away one, so. Oh. Hey, it won so and many things. I yeah, maybe we should it. watch this eventually. Yeah, it won a lot I, of shit. I didn't shit. care for Spirited Away, though. But hey, that's hey, just me. It's a musical. You know what? It is a musical. That is something worth keeping in mind. Whoop. For no real reason in particular, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else is there for Catch Me If You Can? Because like it is like the most light movie, so I don't think there's like a crazy amount, honestly. Uh, it gets that feel good ending at the end. At the end, That's really that good. is true. It gets like, the feel good ending, like we said. Yeah, he's captured is... and then then gets to work at the FBI, like we said. 
Yeah. Yeah. Which is something that uh, our next movie doesn't have at all, which is uh, good feelings. Because the next movie we're going to talk about is... No Country for All Men. Yep. No Country for Old Men. The Tyler, two- I'll let you intro that. The 2007 Best Picture winner, as well as four, three other awards. It is about... It's simply about a man who finds a drug, bu- a drug dealer gone wrong. He finds a suitcase full of money. And the moment he takes that, he is being hunted by a psychopath. By a psychopath. And that's the whole movie, really. <laughs> that is the premise yep. for sure. I mean, this is a, this is a cold fucking movie, extremely cold movie. And Tyler, I, I'm going to bring this to you specifically because I remember I don't know if you know we I don't know if we mentioned it on the podcast, but after we watched Akira in theaters, we I mean, mentioned you, it. I mentioned it on the podcast. Okay, that it's cold. Yeah, yeah. You you and specifically you said it was like a very cold film. Yeah, and you were like, I don't know, I don't know if I, I think you I think you might have said and maybe forget you know correct me if I'm wrong that you didn't know if you liked it as much because of how cold it was. That's true. But you I mean, love this movie. Oh yeah, because. No Country is cold, but at the same time, there's a reason for everything that happens. Akira, everyone dies for con- just because of circumstance. Yeah. This, he takes the money, and because of that, shit happens. Hmm, okay. And Akira, the guys, again, the, Akira, the kids just run into the, the experiment, and then shit happens. Okay. Well, this, there's a s- I mean, you can make the argument events. he just runs into the shootout. Which he does, but he doesn't need to take the money. He chooses to. Mm, that's I did fair. think this was a little. There's more agency. I don't know. Yeah. I felt like this was slightly colder. I think it's crueler. Crueler. I, all right, probably crueler. Yeah. Like I can understand Tyler's argument. Like, well, there's consequences here. Like, shit yeah, just yeah. happens because like people. Yeah, because people of do a, a because of B. a reason. Yeah. yeah. But like, it's a cruel fucking movie. I mean, considering <laughs> the fact the movie opened with uh, Anton the the killer. Yeah. Like choking somebody out. That scene's fucking intense, dude. He's handcuffed and just chokes the cop out on the floor. The the way that scene plays out is so amazing because one, he is, he gets arrested, right? He, yeah, yeah, he, he, he gets arrested. arrested. He's arrested, yeah. arrested in the beginning. He gets Anton, the main antagonist, Anton Chuka, is a psychopath. And Shigar, he, Tyler, please, he would be very upset if you said it that way. Yeah, what did I say? You just, I thought I heard just sugar. No, I yeah, said sugar. I heard sugar. Oh my bad then. Uh, you are gonna get us all fucking killed. Sure. <laughs> Anyway, he gets arrested, and uh, as the police officer is back at his desk talking to, I guess, his chief or somebody else, mm. you just see him in the background calmly get Slowly out of his hand, creeping up, get out of his handcuffs, creeping up to the cop. And well, the he, last he's, thing he's in his handcuffs still. Yeah, no, but yeah, okay, but he, like, he, like he, gets he goes it. underneath like his legs. Yeah, 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 so it's in front of him. Yeah, so his hands are in front of him, and the cop is saying to whoever was on the phone, with, "Don't worry, I got it." And then he clearly does not get it because then he gets brutally choked out. Yeah, right as the phone hangs up, he gets choked out, and honestly. That scene goes on for way too long. In the best, but also worst way. Worst way. <laughs> oh, because like movies kind of depict like choking out as like kind of a quick thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It actually takes a while. The, yeah. And they got it scarily accurate. Oh, it like, was it was really intense. His face is just is just so wild. Yeah. Like, like pure ecstasy. Yeah. <laughs> he's like he's in heaven choking so this guy much out. Just villainy in his eyes, dude. Yeah. He's just looking straight up. And like you can see that like the the fucking the metal of the his boots. Oh no! Like you see the skid marks on the ground. Cause no, 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 no. The, the or handcuffs. The, the handcuffs yeah. like dig into his wrist. No, yeah. they're digging or... into the guy's throat. Yeah, that yeah. too. Yeah, they're carving into his yeah, throat. Yeah. And just end, I think he ends up probably bleeding out from his throat. Like more than that, choking, that's what kills you know, him. Than uh, the suffocation. Yeah, it's like, probably, yeah. The, the rupture of his fucking uh, esophagus. It's yeah. so fucking brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Anton is a brutal character. Everything he does is like so maliciously calculated. Yeah. It, it it feels so intense anytime he's on the fucking screen. I mean, he was super scary to me because he was just straight up a psychopath. Yeah. yeah. And apparently he is um I think we saw this after we watched the movie someone one of us re- looked it up. It was that he's like the most accurate depiction of a psychopath in film. Yeah. Yeah. He's considered to be the most like just, 
just the most, the most accurate portrayal period and that's fucking terrifying it is terrifying because he was terrifying because <laughs> he, he had no reason for anything really because his yeah his reasonings tyler this is your favorite movie explain to me anton's reasoning i mean he was just assigned to get the money back because he's like his whole thing is that he works for they don't really go into what exactly his his uh business is they just know that he was hired to get retrieve the money because they wherever he works for they knew this drug deal was happening and they also knew it they were like they were like higher ups that were involved in it yeah corporate americans yeah basically it was like whatever it looks like he was working like his higher ups are working for a bank and that also funds for like drug dealings yeah so the deal goes wrong and the, the money has a tracker in it so they send anton to go get it but then uh, before that happens, the main character, Llewellyn Moss, he's just out hunting and finds the money. He finds the bunch of dead people on this money. Mm. So he grabs the money and decides, hey, this is my money. Like, I'm, I'm keeping this. Fair. And then he's also, but he's also, nobody in this movie is a dumbass. Everyone no, is everyone's, really, inte- well, there's one. His wife? The grandma. Grandma. The grandma who basically rats out where Moss's location is when he's hiding. Oh, yeah, but she has yeah. no idea what's going on. Yeah, so. She never liked him, though. Yeah, well... But she has no I idea what's like going on either. either. <laughs> she has no idea what's going on either, so... I guess, but just still, I don't know. Like, why do you... Who does that? Who gives out information like that on the whim? Yeah, fair. I, I mean, I guess, like, they show that she's talkative as hell, because like, she's, like, talking to the cab driver. Yeah. 62 years! She's fucking, like, talking and all this shit. So, like, we know that she, she runs, like, with us, but... Yeah. It's just very frustrating to see. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, between Llewellyn and... Him, and Anton, and even the cop played by Tommy Lee Jones, nobody is an idiot. The, those three are not idiots. They oh, know yeah. what they're doing. Yep. So Moss takes the money, and he immediately tells his wife, hey, you need to go with your mother. I have a lot of money on me. Even if you don't believe that I have money on me, you, you should leave. probably leave. Yeah. I know someone's going to be looking for this. Yeah. And then that someone is Anton. Well, here's the thing that like confuses me a bit about Anton. So, like Later on in the film... Uh, the bank ends up hiring like these Mexican cartel members, they say, to uh, to get the money back, right? After it's taking a while, mm. yeah. And Anton takes that very personally. He says, "You, you know, it's you... just a Jordan meme, and I took that personally." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you you pick the right tool for the job, right? So then he goes and he kills the bankers and he does all this, right? But before that, like when he first goes to the like the shootout, he's with like these two higher ups, yeah. And then he just he kills them both immediately. Mm. And I'm like, wait, so. What's re- what is Anton's endgame here? Has it always been about the money? Because he doesn't feel like a person who cares about the money. That's the thing. Like, because like if if you say it's about principle, I'm a little confused as to why he first he killed those first two higher ups. I think, and if you say it's about the money, it doesn't feel like that really makes sense for Anton. I think it's his principle, and I don't know, because his principle throughout the movie is that I was hired to do a job, and if I give you my word of something, I'm going to do it. But then why kill the first two I mean, two I also think ups? maybe That's he what thinks I that some people are just destined either. to die. I, I mean, I don't know about that. Like, he didn't flip a coin for them. Like, he flips he, a coin for didn't? people later on. Does, he might have done that since as a way for him to have, like, no, uh, no ties. Because, like, he was still going to do the job. I don't know if he actually cared about the money or not, but he was still going to do it. I guess this was a way as, oh, he knows these two people know about him. Uh, and he know, and uh, even um, and later in the movie, when uh, Moss is in Mexico, he meets Carson, who's played by Woody Harrelson. Yeah, and, yeah, and okay. Woody says, and I mean Carson says that 
Oh no, Ma says, yeah, I saw him. You're not the guy. It's like, oh, you saw him and you're alive? Hmm, that's impressive. So maybe that just means yeah. every time he meets somebody who's not like his straight up boss, I guess. Maybe. Doesn't live. I don't know, but that's also not the case because he'll flip the coin on randos. Like the gas like the gas station scene is one of the best scenes in the movie. But that's straight up random people. So I guess if they know his identity, he put, but no, he was going to put his, he was going to put, he, he, well, he does kill Moss's wife, right? Because but he, he flips, gave... but he's willing to flip a coin for her and she's aware of who he is. Yeah, but he, by your logic, but, he should just okay, kill so, her right out. So were those Which two people anyway. like? Well, yeah, but that was because of the coin. Were there? In, no. Well, in the book, in the book, it's because of the coin. In this the is adapted movie. off of a book, and in the book, she does make a call, and it's the wrong call, and she dies. In the movie, she says, "I'm not making the call," and then we know that he kills her at the end. Yeah, of the shoes. So yeah. and by that, he doesn't flip a coin and just kills her anyway. I guess, but like you can make the assumption that if she did win the coin toss, well, I he think... wouldn't have killed her, even though she knew who he was. Yeah, because he goes by principle. Well, exactly. Which then, why the fuck did he kill those first two people? I, I think that maybe, I mean, I looked it up, Okay. right? What'd so f- from what somebody was saying was that he was called in by the unseen ringleader, right? Mm-hmm. Which is main assignment is to recover the money. And then the second thing is to kill the guys who they're, because they're not, they're not part of the. Yeah, it could be that too. So they were, this was part of the job was to kill them. Yes. That makes way more sense. And then he just gets pissed because they picked the wrong, because they, 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 they fucking kind of like go over his head by and hiring I took these that more personally, guys. Yeah. And he took that person. You know, yeah, hey, yeah. I respect it. I respect the guy. With, okay, that makes sense. It's all about principle now. Yeah. That, that helps me a lot. Because that was like something that was like just bugging the fucking shit out of me mm. all this time. I'm like, why the fuck did he kill them? Yeah. I mean, that his other principle is that he doesn't believe himself to be a bad, uh, oh, I don't know if he doesn't believe himself to be a bad person, but everything he does, he puts it on chance like when he meets a few random people he's two-faced yeah he basically does two-faced Two-Face was played by Tommy lee jones in uh, batman forever featuring yeah. seal kissed by a rose yeah so i'm not saying that we just went full circle but <laughs> but we might have just went we full might circle. have went full circle yeah i mean that coin scene is the one is the most famous scene oh, in the whole so movie good. you can basically just show that as a short film because it's based more or less nothing to do with the rest of the movie it's just yeah. the characterization yeah. of anton because he's just talking to this store clerk and he gets slightly pissed off because the store clerk bought into or married into the business he didn't really yeah. do it himself. he was also asking questions at first he's like oh where are you going yeah, but he like, was being yeah. like a business he was like being like a friendly little yeah. southern person you know yeah, yeah. and anton, little southern person and anton <laughs> yeah. does not like <laughs> you know? small talk People yeah from the south are very friendly yeah. right yeah it's historically that's that's what they're the south is known for sure <laughs> i'm talking about right now man <laughs> historically right now that's what the south is known no for. he's not yeah could, yeah no he's not wrong the south are supposed to be friendly I, I may, maybe we all, there's also the other part that you're yeah, getting at. There are also a lot of racist people in the South. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but I'm saying like, not everyone of, in the South is racist. I mean, yeah. Hey, he, he, <laughs> this is an older white guy from the South. All right. And, and Shigar had a, had he a very thick white. accent. Had a, no, no, he's white. I mean, he just has an accent. I'm pretty sure. Cause that's just, well, he's Hispanic. Yeah. But I don't think not, the character, I don't think is, you know who the movie, characters, his name's Hispanic? Anton. Yeah. His name's Anton Shigar. Sorry. Okay. That's fair. I didn't actually think about that. I just assumed cause. Javier in, in real life? Yeah, I don't think he's actually, I don't think Anton's supposed to be Spanish. Uh, okay, maybe, okay. Well, okay, fair enough, fair enough. I guess that was just a bit of a... Yeah, and I mean, like, so if yeah, this... can, If you can find anything on that, though, I'm actually Yeah, very I'm actually curious. trying to find out. Because now, now I'm just like, that just kind of threw me for a bit of a, a bit of a loop there. He's definitely European. And I guess, I guess the accent just fucking throws me, because it's obviously like a very Hispanic accent. But either way, yeah. that scene's fucking fantastic. And yeah, because like, he's just talking to the clerk. The clerk's being nice, and then at some point, he realize the clerk definitely realizes that he's going to get killed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, he comes. That's to why he's like, "I'm gonna close it. We're closing up shop now." Yeah. <laughs> Look up the and origin of the last name Shigar and see if it gives you a country. It'll be somewhere European, probably. We're we're gonna find out, Tyler. 
But um, I think the best like shot, because like I said, this movie has like really good shots, and so does the next one. Yeah. The best shot in the scene in the scene I think is like when he he um, he has like the, the bag of peanuts. He fucking like crushes them and he puts them on the table mm. and they unwrap slowly. I never thought about how the wrapping of a fucking bag of peanuts can give so much tension to a scene. Like just the slow expansion, the little sound every second. It's like holy shit, that was fucking brilliant. And how much you ever lose in a coin toss? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is there is no higher fucking stakes. Yeah, no. I'll well, be honest with you, I can't really find no God, it's it. not very uh How about the Reddit post? Probably not that big of a deal to begin with. Well, I'm very curious now, Tyler. No, I mean, enough of Reddit posts. I don't know like what they would go into. Oh, well, I mean, hopefully someone just gives an answer. Yeah. Either way, um, a great fucking sequence. Yeah. Super well directed. I mean, this movie is really well shot. Yeah. Yep. Like, I think by, I like that shot, and then there's a shot later where um, Moss gets killed eventually by, like, Mexican cartel members. I don't think we mentioned that. He, he gets got... killed, like, in the last act of the film. Yeah. And yep. then at one point, Tommy Lee Jones is going back to the murder scene to try and investigate, and he realizes the door has been shot open with, like, a, the pressurized air gun that, that Anton's famous for using. Yeah, Anton's second... Well, no, his main gun weapon is that air pressurized... Yeah, pressurized air weapon thing. Yeah. It's it's also very intense. <laughs> it's very yeah. worrisome. But, like, at um, Anton's seemingly in the room, and he's looking at the reflection inside of, like, the keyhole to see that Tommy Lee Jones is there. No, he's, Anton's not looking. Is this the camera shot, I guess? It's just the camera shot. Okay. You just see Anton's eye, and he's posted against the wall as he's waiting for someone okay. to open the yeah. door. It's such a good shot. Mm. Yep. It's so, so, like, like that shot stays in my head, like, since I watched it. Like, just how good that frame was, you know? Mm. And it's like, then you just see the the coin on the floor. And it's yeah. like, oh, okay, oh, he, he ran he, that coin yeah. for him. Well, I mean. It, I took, that's how I took it. I don't know if that was intended. But it feels like when you see the coin on the floor, it's like, okay, you live, Sheriff, cause, because of the coin toss and nothing else. Oh, you think? Okay, yeah, I, I thought I, you meant something else. That's yeah. a, that, I'm pretty sure that's what the coin was for. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I thought you meant. I thought you meant that the coin was for Moss. No, 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 no. no. Moss, yeah, yeah. No, Moss died. died from the uh, cartel. Yeah, yeah, so that yeah. was completely like Which separate. also like kind of his fault now, if you if you think about it. The, cops? the way the way Moss died is the cops' fault. No, 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 it was his fault. Oh, his own, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Because at the beginning of the movie, he goes back to give the guy water, right? Yeah. After he takes the money. If he never went back to give water, oh yeah, the cartel would would have never known that he was the one that took the money. Yeah, his, his sense of but, morality. But if he, I guess a bit, I know what you're gonna say, but a bit on this, if he hadn't gone to put back the water, he wouldn't have gotten caught by like the cartel there. Yeah, yeah right? that's what I'm saying. But if he, he didn't get he, caught by he, the he cartel, there, would chasing. he have run away? Because he yes. wouldn't have realized he had the. He wasn't like he like the moment for the first night that he got the money. He just like says like he sits next to his wife. He's like you know found all the money whatever. Don't worry about it. And then it's the next day that he starts freaking out a little bit. No, but he, he also told his wife to go away. In right the first as, day, right as he brought yep. it, once he brought it back. No, 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 no. Um, was it not once he brought it back? See, that's he, what I'm he brings it back. She says, "What do you have, money?" She says, "I don't believe you," and she thinks she's kidding. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, no one's gonna you? believe you have two million dollars. Then he goes to sleep, and, and then, then he wakes up and, and goes like, to get the and water. And he's like, "Shit, I'm gonna have to more or less save this guy." But yeah. So then when he gets back, that's when the, he kind of starts like going on the run, right? Yeah. So we can. I'm going to make a bit of broad assumption here that if he hadn't gone back and gotten caught by the cartel there at the shootout place, mm. he would not have been as, you know, necessarily wanting to be on the run. And if he hadn't been on the run, he wouldn't have noticed the tracker and the money. Mm-hmm. And then Shigar would have just killed him and his wife right there. I guess. You also, could, yeah. for Which, somebody, I mean, ultimately, all it does is prolong what would have happened yeah. anyway. Which, for, for somebody that's been very smart throughout the movie, he's Llewellyn was kind of dumb and never checking. To see if there's a tracker. I would have in, thrown away in the two case. million dollars. Like who? I mean, the case. It wasn't in the case. I mean, it wasn't. It but was like, in, just, in the money. I, I would have. For me, I, I thought it was in the case. But the who? Tracker? Yeah. Like I thought was it was it like not? embedded. No, it was like in the money. 
like yeah, itself. But, but, well, I thought I thought it was like embedded in the case. Oh no, yeah, like yeah. I would have dumped out. Yeah, all I would have thrown the case. And out. Put it in a fucking bag and then threw the case off. Like, but a like who who doesn't check to see if there's something in two million dollars? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if you find two million dollars laying around, you you should probably check it out. Yeah, like, I'd be. You know? I mean, I'd be fucking terrible if I found two million dollars. Like we talked about this, like because you're saying you know he has an interesting sense of morality, right? So how about yeah. you going on that real quick? His sense of morality. I mean, the whole movie plays with morality and the whole. Uh, idea of inevitability so for the morality part he moss sees this shootout gone wrong this drug deal gone wrong he see he sees a half dead um, cartel member he's still alive he's asking for water and instead of he doesn't have water at the moment so he takes the money and leaves and then at night he's like shit i feel bad i need to go see if this guy's alive still yeah yeah i mean he brought water maybe a little too late it's like, why would he be alive like 12 hours later? Yeah. <laughs> or 10 yeah, hours guy, later? But it was still ringing on his he, head, ringing on yeah, his yeah, mind yeah, the whole time. It was. Yeah. I know. It's, it's just, I guess it is kind of funny. He's like, oh, fuck. It's okay, just I'll funny. He's like, water. fuck, maybe I'll go yeah. now. So, like, like 10 he, hours later. <laughs> the man's dead. So, he's fine with, like, because again, if you see this, a bunch of dead bodies and money, I would hope that you think, like, oh, someone's probably going to be looking for I this. I mean, you see a bunch of dead bodies, money, and a lot of drugs. It's like, there was, that Jeep was do, filled yeah, with drugs. Do you touch it or no? Do you touch the money then? Because you probably well, that's that's what I was gonna say. Because we we talked about this when we were watching it, and it's like, ooh, it's tempting, isn't it? Yeah, I think that it's very understandable considering where he comes from. I mean, even where we come from, I'd I'd be I'd be very hard pressed not to want to at least try with those two million dollars. But like, there's a chance that I wouldn't touch it because of the consequences, right? For him, he felt like he needed to do it, and he felt like he could take on, and he was shown that he could. Take on most people. It's just that Anton is a fucking. I mean, it psychopath. was that's, that's, Anton wasn't even what killed him at the end, though. Yeah, like, no, he but could even, take on Anton. Like that's not really like they have this big shootout in like the second half of the movie. But damage. take out Anton out of the picture. You just got the cartel, and you, he, I think he can take the cartel more than he didn't. I don't think so. I think the cartel re- just has more people. Well, because he didn't expect the cartel. It was a different. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, no, he no, like in a one v one. Yeah, you're right. He he can beat anyone, and Anton's like the tough one. But yeah. like ultimately. He's you have a lot more luck with one cartel. killer than an organization. Yeah, yeah, true. But Anton doesn't stop. Well, yeah, but he also nicked him in the neck. Like, like he got it. He got like when they had the shootout, he got Anton pretty damn good. Yeah, Anton had to like actually retreat and hold back. He wasn't able to just keep fighting him. Mm. Like, in a, in a straight up continuous fight, it would have been like hard pressed, but it would have been closer. You know what I mean? Like he he could potentially have killed Anton because he almost did it. Yeah, he was clever and he he was able to kind of like bait him out in certain ways that Anton just I guess wasn't expecting. Yeah. Like he's Moss was a hell of a fighter. Yeah. Uh he just got you, you can't really beat an organization that's going after you like that. Yeah. I mean they also kind of caught him off guard because they just swarmed his hotel room and he can't go anywhere in the one is a one room. Yeah. You know, I did kind of like that it was just like an off scene. Like yeah. you don't see it at all. Yeah. Cuz that goes I'm into torn. it goes into Anton Anton uh, talks with Moss once or twice over the phone. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one point, he says, you know how this is going to end. Like, you know, you already know the ending of this. Mm. And he's right. The ending of this is Moss dies. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. I, 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 I do know that, like, like you're saying, like, you know, you like how it, it kind of cuts away and he's just dead. Yeah. I'm a little bit torn with that because I feel like, like, you know, this category is all cat and mice, right? But this movie is the one that it doesn't necessarily feel it, like it has, like, the highest peaks of, like, cat and mouse. Like, yeah. especially the shootout with Moss and, and, and Anton. But then, like, once Moss dies, it's not from the cat. And then it's just kind of the cat cleaning up shop for the next, like, act of the film. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's it, I don't know. Like, it kind of falls a bit weird for me. Like I would say, like I haven't seen a lot of Coen Brothers movies. You say a lot of Coen Brothers movies are things just happening, and that this is probably one of the ones that they have with the most like actual narrative. Most of Coen Brothers movies are shit happens. Like yeah. Big Lebowski. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't series. care for Big Lebowski. Yeah, like that one. It's okay. Most of the movies focus a lot on the characters and just the shit happens around them. Not mm-hmm. around them, but like just shit happens. It's yeah. not more of a traditional narrative. Yeah, I, I think I think that just kind of ultimately like hurts the experience of it to me but again like, this honest, is the one of the most yeah, yeah i mean yeah. I, I mean god when we get to uh i don't but know anything I, I think else that, that maybe do. this isn't just the because of the cohen brothers i feel like maybe it's also because it's that uh, book adaptation yeah it's also well, that, i think too. that's i think that's what probably gives it the most narrative well yeah it gives it the most narrative but like you're saying that it still feels kind of lost right or like there's not much there's not much narrative yeah, like it, it did. This feels like we're watching a series of events and yeah. not, I guess, a traditional story. Because yeah. I think the whole point is like the the book tells it in the point of view of the sheriff. The, yeah, the sheriff's the narrator. That right? I think is what ties it together. It's yeah. like almost impossible to do that in a movie. Yeah, like you can. He has like his opening monologue and and monologue. And, and he has the end. And he has a monologue. couple scenes scattered around. Yeah, but he doesn't feel like a narrator. He kind of feels almost like a side character. Yeah, a side but, character, or even something maybe a vessel for the story, yeah. but not really like. A but, narrator or or a through line, but that works in the case of the story because his whole his narrative narrative is that he's the first monologue he does at the beginning is saying like oh it's basically him saying when he wanted to be a cop he realizes he's gonna see terrible things mm-hmm. there are terrible p- people in this world and that there are others who are going to try and stop them even if it might be futile yeah and that's but why and then at the end he quits he retires because he realizes yeah these people like the cartel these people like Anton I can't beat them. Yeah, again, I think that still just plays into not really having a traditional like narrative per se. Yeah, I mean, th- compared to the other two, this movie is way more about not about. It has way more theme heavy. With the I themes. don't agree with that. You think? I mean, it is theme heavy. Don't get me wrong, hmm. but I think that Science of the Lambs is also incredibly theme heavy. Yeah, but that's the, the next one. I spoilers. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, you, they read the listeners read the title of the episode. They can guess. Uh, I mean, yeah, okay, whatever. Okay. Yeah, it's not really a spoil <laughs> when they. Uh, what's what do we watch today? Why do we do that? We're like, yeah, we have two other movies. Oh, we won't tell you what it is. I don't know. You're the only one who well, does I that. Keep this, yeah, actually, you're the one who does. That. I only do it because you do it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Do that at all. <laughs> all right, no, yeah, we're doing silence next. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. but anyway, for this, really, you think silence has more themes because no song i mean not no country has the themes of inevitability morality nihilism because nothing really mattered because he was going to die anyway which i guess goes with inevitability yeah i mean silence has what metamorphosis um perception the use of eyes and it's very clear in that you know, I have there's a bit of religious symmetry, but that's that necessarily that's necessarily that's, thematic. Okay, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, um, I just I just came to mind. I mean, probably the biggest ones, obviously, meta- metamorphosis and um, Perce- perception, or perception and perspective, really. Perce- a bit of okay. the two. I think those two are the largest ones, but I think it's done very thoroughly in silence. In here, I guess, like the overarching na- narrative falls into like randomness versus predest- predetermination. But it was random that he found the money, but it was predetermined that he would die. Yeah, because no matter even if he took like unless he didn't take the money, yeah, is the only way he wouldn't have died. But I don't know. Again, I think there's there's something about about No Country for Old Men that doesn't click super well with me. And that's fair. Yeah. How about you, Faison? I'm sorry, I zoned out real quick. I was looking <laughs> something up on my phone to talk about, and I just zoned out on what you said. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I can respect that you were looking for something up to talk about, but like, so. How do you feel like, I guess like, did this like movie I hit said, for you? Yeah, like I said that this movie doesn't necessarily hit for me as, and it very much hits for Tyler. So you're the odd man out. How does it hit for you? 
He's thinking it over. Mm-hmm. He's uh, mulling it in his mind. I think it doesn't hit for me. Oh, two to one. I mean, that's fair. Because I think it. I think. I think this is definitely not an F for everybody movie. Yeah. No. I. I. I still think it's a good movie. It is yeah. a very good film. Like, on a technical level, this is probably the best of the three by far. In terms of like shots, its use or, or lack thereof of music, the fact that it the, the lack of music was great. Yeah, yeah like because it's I, just so. I mean, especially the shootout scene. You, the shootout scene starts with Moss finding the tracker, and he's in the hotel room. So, and he told the clerk, the hotel clerk, like, "Hey, call me when anybody comes in, no matter what. Call me when someone's in." Yeah. And then he hears he hears the tank, the air tank, and then he calls the clerk. Clerk doesn't answer. He's like, "All right, clerk's probably dead." So he turns off the light. You still hear footsteps. You still hear the tank. And you just see the shadow under the floor. Not under the floor. Under the door. Yeah, yeah. Of Anton. And then he leaves again to, to turn off the light. Because he knows that he's watching. He mm-hmm. knows that Moss is waiting for him there. Yeah. I mean, in terms of directing, like, this movie pretty much blows everything else today out of the water. Oh, yeah. But I do think this, like, in terms of, I guess, the story itself, that's where it doesn't hit super well with me. But there is something you wanted to talk about. The Oscars... There's something like oh, have yeah, the Oscar this, written down here. <laughs> yeah, this movie yeah. won Best Picture in 2007 against There Will Be Blood, which I don't think was right. I love this movie. I just think There Will Be Blood is, much, is not much better. It's just better, hmm. and that's hard because these both of these movies are considered masterpieces. Okay. But No Country and, uh, no Country and There Will Be Blood were filmed at the same time in very close proximity to each other. So you have time. The stories of like, yeah, we're we're uh, filming this movie, and Daniel Day Lewis is on a bike for no, just riding through. <laughs> and then on the other side of that, no country's like, yeah, we can't shoot this uh, scene today. The fucking oil rig over there, they're gonna blow it up for there will be blood. So we gotta wait. I I like to think that the real cat and mouse story is the Coen Brothers and Daniel Day Lewis yeah. just fucking with each other on set. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. <laughs> just trying to screw with each other. Yeah. That's that's a fun movie. You know, I want a movie like that. I want a movie where two directors are making two different movies in very close proximity, and they're just fucking with each other. Yeah, over yeah. and over. I again. feel like that's what they were doing, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, you don't think some of those were purposeful? I mean, I, I'd like to think. What, I'd Daniel like to. Daniel Lewis on a bike going through. <laughs> yeah, <the> yeah. <laughs> you have like a really tense scene there's where the Anton's about to shoot someone, gunning someone down on the floor, and just Daniel Lewis biking back. Yeah, there's literally a scene of Daniel Lewis as Daniel playing through just running a bike in the background. Sounds like a fun time, honestly. Yeah. I think, like, also in terms of performance, I think this movie is, like, also the best of the three. In terms yeah. of, like, the whole cast. Because, mm-hmm. like, I, I think there's one performance between all three of these movies that's, like, better. And that's Hannibal Lecter in, in Silence. You but that's the best one? Just I think him. that's the best performance, period. Like, individual performance. Yeah, but just him. In this yeah. movie, like, Moss is played by Justin Brolin. Is it Justin Brolin or Justin Brolin? Josh. Ah, that's close. Close enough. Come on, man. I had the J. I had the You don't J. know Thanos. It's bad that I was initially thinking. Wait, is that him? Yeah, yeah it's Thanos. No way. Yeah, he's yeah. also Cable in Deadpool. Yep. Yeah, I, know I that. always think of him first. That, that's what I thought. Just because Thanos, he's fucking purple. Man, I want yeah. good X Men movies again. Yeah, again. I mean, the last one was Logan, if you count that as an X Men. Yeah, I count it. Uh, uh, Logan's really fun. Yeah, but like his performance in this is really great. Obviously, Anton, fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, Woody Harrelson's for a short time, but still really good. Um, Moss's wife. Uh, she's actually fucking fantastic. Yeah, really good. Yeah, she's she is. really good, in and this. she's barely on on screen. Yeah. yeah, she doesn't have that much time here. But she, I mean, her she's last really scene good. where she's denying Anton the the coin flip, the oh, coin yeah. flip. So he has to actually make it a, uh, the choice to kill him to kill her is great. Yeah, yeah like that's probably okay. Best scene, best favorite scene of the movies. Like it's hard to pick in this movie. It's hard to pick because mm-hmm. like instant, like instantly, I think about the gas scene the most. The coin flip. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But that scene as well. Damn, that's good. That's what, the good. end scene? 
No, well, the one where he decides if he's going to kill her. Yeah, without any end. Yeah, like, so right before the actual ending. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, for me, my top really three, top three? Well, no, for me, it's either the coin flip or the shootout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought the shootout was good. Because the shootout is basically silent. I mean, besides, obviously, the guns going it's, off. But it's, it's silent, silent without yeah. no just gunfire. Yeah. There's no dialogue except yeah. for one instance where they get, where Moss grabs a trucker to help him escape and then he immediately gets shot. Yeah. 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 That's good. And I think on that note, we can talk about the ending specifically. The ending is very, I wouldn't say ambiguous. It goes back It goes back to Tommy Lee, the cop. He's retired, and, and he's talking with his wife about two dreams he had. No, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I zoned out for a second. I meant before that with Anton in the car accident. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, all right, go for yeah. it then. Oh, um, basically, after he shoots Moss's wife, he's driving away. And he just gets into a car accident. He pure, gets hit by a car. Pure dumb coincidence. His arms, the bones sticking yeah. out of his arm, like yeah, his, his, oh god, yeah, it's not a very pretty yeah. picture. But yeah, no, it's 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 just pure coincidence. It, it feels like some kind of consequence for. It feels karmic, right? Yeah, for yeah. for killing um, Moss's wife without flipping the coin. Yeah, because he always says, you know, that's a great way to look at it. Actually, he always says like, oh, this coin got here the same way that I did. He's yeah. like, yeah, I'm not killing here. you. The coin decided that you were wrong. So yeah, but in this scenario, he didn't flip it. Mm-hmm. So he walks out, gets hit by a car, and he that's the most injured injured we see him throughout the whole movie. Yeah, yeah throughout the whole movie, he's just this like he's basically the unstoppable killer. Like he, yeah. no matter what, he's gonna keep coming. And now you actually see him. It's like, oh wait, he's but not. But everything he does, there's like a reason behind it. Yeah. Or like the coin decides it. Yeah. yeah. And then this was the one where it doesn't. And then he. Gets, and right as it happens, he he gets hit by a car. I hadn't looked at it that way till you meant it. That's actually pretty interesting. I like that. That like it's almost this karmic thing. I, I part of me would have wanted him not to be like not to limp out or not to make it out of this because like he at the end he he limps out. He makes a little cast out of a shirt, and he kind of like he limps away. But it's funny, he, he, he currently he, is the one who has the money at that point. But he also keeps like that exchange idea that he has, right? Where he pays the kids for the uh, for the shirt, yeah. yeah. Right again, it's principle to him. Yeah. So, like even though he broke that same principle like thirty seconds ago or mm-hmm. like, a couple minutes ago, can after we... he gets hit by the car, he keeps it. Can we look at that car scene? Did he run a light or anything? No, the light screen. Light screen for him. The so other the guy. Because yeah. I was thinking like, because like it, it's the they, coin they is they purposely show the light that okay. screen. Because the coin is so compulsive for him, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, he he seemingly like especially when like he's with Moss's wife and she doesn't like want to pick the head or tail. Yeah. He's like he's like shaking. He's like fiending. He, he really it's really compulsive for him to get this coin flip done. You know, so it almost feels like I was thinking maybe you know yeah maybe, the light screen light screen yep. yeah and then he just. And then he, and then the other guy it. runs it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was pure like. I was thinking maybe he was like so, I guess, I guess like frayed from not being able to fill that compulsion that he took a stop sign or took a light or something. But no, he definitely the other person most certainly just fucking took a light and hit him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I like I like that look at it though that it was kind of a karmic was like thing it was that like happens. karmic justice. Yeah, I kind of do enjoy that. Although, I, again, I, I said this even when we watched it. I'm not sure how much I enjoy the fact that he limps off and he probably gets away with it. Like you could maybe say that the cops get him but like that's a bit of, it feel, it's I'm supposed doubtful. to be it's supposed yeah. to be ambiguous but it feels like a bit of a stretch to make that assumption here yeah um like because you don't even see the cops in view you hear them but like if you saw one driving up then i'd be like oh no yeah it looks like he gets they get him no but he, they, 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 doesn't they don't get him he, he gets just, away he just walks away and you assume that he just does that yeah so i don't know how much i feel how i feel about that but you now talk about the actual ending that i forgot about <laughs> the actual yeah the very last scene tommy jones is retired he's talked to his wife about two dreams he had the night before him in the first dream, he's describing a time where he's with his um, he he's describing a time where he said he lost uh, money his dad gave him. 
Yeah. Which yeah, could be referring to, like, what Mars did throughout the movie. Or, like, there's something with Mars because the money and then him losing money. Mm, okay. So, okay. but then the more, the the dream he remembers more is that he, he was with his father and he says that his dad was, is that, no, he said that he's older than his dad when he died. So, mm. he, at his age now, he's older than his dad. So, in the dream, he sees his dad as a young man. So they're riding through the snow, and his father goes a bit ahead on his horse to make a fire. <coughs> and then he says that, I'll wait for you. And then his dad is a bit ahead of him, and he sees his fire. But uh, Tommy Lee Jones is still riding toward him. So mm-hmm. you can g- either go for, like, oh, that's, like, death. He- either death or um, his dad. Because his dad was a cop, too. And yeah, he it was, was the one, And he was the one who basically, like, told him about, like, being hopeful and good people and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So it could be that the fire is either death or the fire is like, oh, you'll be with me. You will have hope again. Because mm-hmm. right now he's lost. He has no hope because he knows the cartel and Anton won. It does. F- I guess both of those kind of work really well. Uh-huh. What the fuck are you doing, Faison? You need the charger. I was oh. trying to make it like, you know, not say, hey, Tyler, can you pass me the charger? And you just fucking called me out on <laughs> yeah. it. I'm sorry. No, dickhead from, move. I thought you were like typing something on the computer over there, but like no. in a very weird way. I was no, 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 very no, no. I was grabbing. I was, grabbing, I was trying to make <laughs> it got not it. a thing. <laughs> Come I got it. I got it. I saw. I couldn't see. I couldn't tell what that. I was trying to make sure it wasn't a big thing, and now you made it a big thing. <laughs> nice job. Nice job. Uh, Continue with what you were saying. Um, I don't know which of the two I prefer. I, I guess, like at first, it always feels like it feels like death immediately when you think about it. Mm. But I do like. I mean, the father's literally holding the torch. Yeah. Um. So I can I can see it in both ways. It's interesting. I think that's probably the best way to sum this movie up. It's interesting, but I don't think it. Again, I don't think it hits super well. That's fair. Because yeah. again. Again, this is the most narrative that a Coen Brothers movie has have compared to the other ones when it's just shit happens. I mean, yeah. uh, Burn After Reading, shit happens. Fargo is totally shit happens too, even though that one has a more clear-cut narrative. I, like, yeah, for me, Coen Brothers are hit and miss. I think from what I saw, they have more hits than misses. I straight up just don't like one of the movies, even though I know it's good. Mm. Yeah. So... Mm. All right, this movie might not hit the spot, but you know what does hit the spot? Uh, some liver with fava beans. <laughs> Chris, you trying to tell us something? Y'all, y'all ever eat a person? No. no. I mean, you can't say I have. So, uh, <laughs> How many people silence, in your basement? <laughs> silence of the Lambs. Um, a movie that needs no introduction, but I'm going to try anyway. Uh, it's really good. Basically, it takes place in the, I want to say 70s? Feels like uh, 70s. Takes place in, let's pretend it's the I, 70s I will for let now. you know in two I seconds. Think, Continue I think talking. So. I think 78. Okay. okay, let's pretend 70s, where there is a killer on the loose by the name of Buffalo Bill who uh, murders women in their early to mid-20s and skins them alive. I, I, and at the start of the movie, he has already killed five. 80s. 80s. Takes place in the 80s. He's already killed five, and the FBI is on the hunt for the serial killer. Um, brand new FBI, not even FBI graduate. She's technically still a student. She's still Clarice. a student, yeah. yeah. She's sent by the police commissioner to talk to a extremely famous serial killer by the name of Hannibal Lecter, a cannibal, to try and get his insight on the case and to see if they can get any information that they can use to capture Buffalo Bill. And to, well, mostly just so if he if he will talk to. Also, him. a former psychiatrist. A former psychiatrist turned a uh, psychopath. Yeah. Well, he was always a psychopath. Come on. Or did he metamorph? Did he metamorphose? Metam- <laughs> you can do it. You can do yeah, it. Yeah. Metamorphosize. Okay, metamorphosize. <laughs> Did he, Tyler? <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's the premise of the movie. And basically, the cat and mouse game is between Clarice with the council of Hannibal Lecter as she hunts down Buffalo Bill and tries to prevent another murder of the daughter of a, a Kentucky senator, I think, or maybe a Tennessee senator. One of those it's states. a senator. It's yeah. a senator. I think yeah. it was Tennessee. Yeah, I really like this movie. Ooh, I really like I really this movie. Like this movie oh, too. yeah, it's easy to like. I mean, besides, I mean, any scene of Hannibal is just so well done from uh, Anthony Hopkins acting. Oh, yeah. Anthony yeah. Hopkins fucking kills it in this movie. Mm-hmm. I like, mean, that first meeting. It's so, so, it's like, that's my, I think that actually is still my favorite scene in the movie. That first meeting. Like, yeah. everything about it. Like, she's yeah. walking down this corridor and he's just standing there. And it's like he's always been standding there. And he's just been standing just there been waiting, waiting for her. Knowing this that she whole was going to come. Yeah. It's, oh, it's so good. Like, he's just, he, he, he's, it's seen, he always feels so all-knowing almost, yeah. you know? Like, he already knows everything. He already knows the case. Since the moment since the moment he's been standing there, he already knew who Buffalo Bill is. Yep. He knew what Khalees was going to ask him. He's just waiting for her to make a deal. Yep. He's waiting for her to give him what he wants. It's like, it's so, uh, I guess, like, deeply intimidating. Very intimidating. I mean, he doesn't blink at all throughout the movie when he's on oh, screen. Yeah. I mean, Hannibal Lecter, like, this, this, and this is true. This is not just my normal, you know, craziness. Uh, it is like he is loosely, like, given off the aesthetic of a vampire, because in the books, yeah. he's actually a count as well. Okay. He's Count Lecter. And, like, you know, he, he eats human flesh. And yeah. he, he, you know, likes the taste of blood. And he, um, bec- with that in mind, he has this almost, like, hypnoticness to him. Like, when he's talking, you, you cannot look listen. away. Like, yeah. He's, there's, like a, there's, like, a twisted chariz- charismatic. Like, it's not charismatic and you're like, oh, I like this guy. It's charismatic. It's like, I can't stop listening to you, even if I tried. Which yeah. like a I think that probably ties into the fact that he was a former psychiatrist. Almost certainly, right? yeah. yeah. he knows how to fuck with people. Yeah, he yeah. knows how to talk to people. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. He knows how to, he knows the words. Just like, those subtle, like, things to say that yeah. will make the person do what he wants them to do. Yeah. yeah. And he, it's not even like he's, like, really putting on, like, a show of, like, super kindness. Like, the first time he talks to Clarice, he's being a bit of a dick. Yeah. And it's exactly what he needs to be in this situation. And like he everything about he has like this mastery over words. Like he he literally talks a person into killing themselves in this movie. Oh yeah. He talks a person into dying uh, by swallowing their own tongue. So not even like a, a a slight a painless death, like a truly agonizing one. Yeah. Um Hannibal Lecter is done so fucking well. Very Absolutely well. terrifying. It's yeah, every again, every scene of him is just even the ones that it aren't just him talking with Clarice, like there's multiple scenes where they're just talking to each other throughout mm-hmm. the, either through the glass, through the his prison cells, either the first one or the second one. And I mean, my favorite scene in the whole movie is his breakout scene. That's a great scene. Yeah, yeah. I he, do like it's it's. I think it's the most it's the most violent the movie gets to like at all. Yeah, like it's the most intense moment. Yeah, he lures two cops. Like the, the cops are bringing him his dinner, and they obviously have to handcuff him to put the plate in the cage mm-hmm. yeah but then he breaks out because he still had a pin he had some sort of pin that made him uh break out of the handcuffs and then he eats part of a guy's face and then beats to death the other guy yeah and then to the guy he ate part of his face he then cuts his face off to use as a a mask and that's how he breaks out yeah, yeah. it's really fucked it's, yeah it's so good like everything about that scene is is like fantastic like his breakout because he just basically is toying with the cops the whole time. He's like, oh, the elevator stopped here. Oh, and now it's going back again. And the cops, they're not doing, they can't do shit. Like, they, they're not moving. Yeah. They're not, they keep, like, half saying orders and then resending the orders because they're just, like, watching this elevator go up and down. It's like he's, it's literally like they're, they're animals. He's just playing with, like, a string. Yeah. Like, just toying with them for fun while he waits for them to fall into his trick. 
Yep. So, so are they the cat and he's holding the string? Yep. They're the cat. Yeah, I mean, no, he's not the cat or mouse in the story. He's the human. <laughs> yeah. Like, like truly, like, if anything, Clarice is the cat chasing after Buffalo Bill. So that's the cat and yeah. mouse story. He's... I don't. I don't even want to call him the dog. That's a I mean, he's the person. He's like, the person. Yeah, he's the he's person the owner, who's like, like the cat owner. Yeah, he's just putting a little bit of catnip on Clarice and uh, yeah. pointing to the mouse occasionally. Mm. It's yeah. Anthony Hopkins is fucking crazy good. Yeah, like his facial control. Like he controls like every little muscle in his fucking face. Yeah, it's again, so doesn't. But I, I mean, everyone talks about how. If you count up the moments, the minutes he's in the movie, apparently it's like less than fifteen that he's on screen. It's it's insane how much of an impact he leaves. Yeah, yeah, it feels like he's the main character. It does, which I think actually is it ends up being a little bit to the detriment of the movie. I'll get to that in a second because actually I still have there's just there's so much to say about Lecter. I mean, you can do that right now because any for me like I obviously like the movie. I think it's amazing, mm-hmm. but the problem for me is I when I watched it the second time the other night. I only remembered the back half of the movie or any scene that Hannibal is in. Mm-hmm. And for the first hour of the movie, like Hannibal's obviously there, but they obviously they go into more of Clarice's stuff of her trying to find Buffalo Bill. Yeah. So those scenes, I'm like, huh, I don't really remember that scene. I don't remember, I didn't remember the scene where Bill gets his next victim. I'm like, huh, I don't remember that. It's like, oh, wait, I remember why. It's because Hannibal's not there. Yeah. That's fair. The first half is very forgettable. Because I don't know Hannibal, if I'd I say think, I wouldn't exactly. say forgettable, yeah. but I think that Hannibal is like such such a like well-thought-out character or yeah. like well-done. Yeah. Is that those scenes stick out the most and then everything else kind of just blurs. It's like, oh, I want to go back I can to Hannibal. Ag- I can agree with that. No, yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. Like, to a degree, that's part of my problem with it. I'm going to say, because that problem is going to be a bit of a... a, bit of a <laughs> I'm going to rant. So uh, I'm gonna let's let's save that till we get skip, all the other stuff out of the uh, point. Skip two hours <laughs> yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll give you guys a timestamp. If this video passes an hour and forty minutes, you know that things went very wrong, very <laughs> fast. We're gonna be prying Chris away from the mic, <laughs> just <guess> grabbing. <laughs> but like in, in terms of still Hannibal, because there's just again, there's so much to talk to about just about him. I love how on so many scenes there's like a there's a literal light in his eye. Like there's like a they reflect a little bit of like light from the like the lens behind the camera. Yeah. Okay. Like it's intentional. It's always there except for the moments where like he's kind of showing who he really is specifically there's a scene this the second the second um cell, cell, prison cell that he goes to in washington right okay and he's talking to clarice at first for most of the scene that same light is being reflected in his eye again except when he starts telling clarice like tell me about the lambs tell me about the farm upstate yeah, the yeah. light completely disappears from his eyes mm. and it's just like i've never he goes, i didn't notice that if he yeah, goes right he goes to like who he really is it's like yeah, that yeah. cold like inner darkness really shows out. There's no longer that shine. And it's like, oh, that's fucking creepy. That's such a small, small thing, but I love it. And like, there's so much, even in that same scene, like he's behind the bars, but the way that it's shot, like when you look at the bars from his perspective, they they almost look like concurved. I think it's like inwards. So he's outside of the bars. And then on her, it looks like they're concurving out. They're concave, convex. I don't remember the difference. Mm -hmm. It looks like they're pointing outward. So that she looks like she's She's the one in the. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's just these small details that are so good when they're done around Hannibal. Like, it's clearly that that was the director's favorite part of this book. Like, he wanted to do stuff involving Hannibal. Yeah. He didn't really care for for Buffalo Bill, quite honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could have just done this movie as really a bottle, a bottle movie, where it's just multiple conversations with Hannibal. Yeah. You I mean, it's, it's, again, it's another adaptation of a book. Yeah. So, like, yeah, that couldn't technically be done, but, like, a movie of that format could be. Yeah. I get what you mean, yeah. Um, any other points on Hannibal before we probably talk about Clarice? Um, um, he's great. He's oh, great. you know what? I'm going to just, uh, like, he is the devil. 
You know, like not not literally, but like no, literally, the, basically the devil, <laughs> literally the devil. <laughs> like, he has, like, like, come on. I mean, you can yeah. make the argument that like a lot of like vampire myths stem from the devil as well. Yeah. So like, there's like a lot of natural overlap. Okay. But like, there, he has that that satanic Lucifer morning yeah. star aesthetic. Yeah. I mean, know? Clarice making a deal with him. Yeah, I was talking about this basically earlier. making a deal with the devil. Yeah, because like uh-huh. I talk, there's there's religious symbolism in this movie. I talked to Tyler about it. I'm and I'm not gonna go too far in it. You know, some of it. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> some of it's a bit out there. <laughs> if we're being honest. You're okay. on that rickety bridge. You're Listen, right, no, 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 there's obvious religious symbolism. Let's see if you can take the right steps so okay. the bridge so, doesn't collapse here. One of the first things we see is when he's doing his breakout, he literally crucifies a guy. Okay, yeah, yeah that's that's a, that's a blatant. That's the one most obvious one. The yeah. cop is. I would say actually up. the most obvious one is he has a literal drawing he does of Clarice as like Jesus, and she's holding the lamb. Now. And she has the halo around no, her. No, no, no. I'm agreeing that oh, it is. Okay. Religious, I was about to say I'm agreeing that's religious imagery, but compared to the crucifi- crucifixion of the cop, the crucifixion is on screen for longer than that picture, isn't it? I feel like this is more blatant though, because it's like a, a very famous religious image, and there's there's even like what there's the cop five, or the the the, 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 the image, the drawing, because there's hmm. there's even like there's the five crosses in the background, which seem to be representative of the five uh, deaths that yeah. uh, Buffalo Bill has killed so mm. far. So like that's a very obvious piece, and you know, Silence of the Lamb. She wants to save the she 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 couldn't. Clarice was not able to save a lamb from the slaughter as a child, so yep. she became an FBI agent to be able to save these people. These are the lambs, right? Mm. These girls who are getting murdered, and she wants to save this girl. And once the girl's saved, that'll be the Silence of the Lambs, right? No more, no more screaming. No more screaming. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you know, there's obviously like Lamb of God is a very popular religious thing. You know, there's yeah. there's a lot in there that that said, and like I said, Lucifer is very. Very, very devil. He's very much the devil, right? Yeah, yep. And even kind of like I said earlier, he's almost omnipotent. It feels like he feels like he knows everything. Yeah. yeah. He's aware of everything about this case, and you have to basically sell him a part of yourself. Like Clarice has to sell him her past, her past, yeah, and her trauma and her experience, if you want to get something out of him. That's the deal with the devil you make. And at one point, the point that it, yeah, okay, I jumped a little bit of the shark before when I said it. I feel like. This might just be because of like um, you know snakes are always depicted as like cunning yet villainous. We're just slowly starting to move. Okay, the snakes are always depicted as very cunning yet villainous. It kind of felt like a lot of Hannibal's portrayal is kind of serpentine, snake like. Like this is that, where that you might lost just come me. from. That, that's when one plank of the bridge breaks I, off. I, I didn't really feel like that was the case. I think that might a lot of that might just stem from like snakes are portrayed that way. Like anytime yeah. you see a snake in like a movie. It, it, it symbolizes either like cunning or villainy, right? Or usually a bit of the both. And those words very much describe Hannibal Lecter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it might just be that kind of like that that cultural osmosis of those of those terms making me think that. I think you lost me when you started going into like him well, stretching his s's out. Which it felt like he did. I, I mean, he does I the one sound. He does really the one think... fava bean scene. Yeah, but that's yeah, but not... that's just him being weird. <laughs> that's just him being there to freak you out. It's not him. Being... I think it feel. I don't know. Like even when we looked up um, Hannibal Lecter's snake question mark. It, it that scene was the first thing that popped up. Yeah, yeah but, but, that's but just again, him that's slurping. just him doing a sound that he did when he I ate do, someone's liver. I do think it feels like there is a little bit of serpentine there. Hey, I get that you guys might not agree with me. I feel like that's there. And like, you know, the devil snake, that's a direct line. Like in the Bible, the devil is turns into a snake at one point and offers knowledge to, to a woman. It's like that's that's just I don't know. You guys said that that was where I jumped. I feel like there's a bit of a through line there. There could be. I I just don't agree with it. I got I got a point five you, from Phase. You I'll got take halfway it. through the bridge. I got I got halfway through the bridge. I'll take it. That was a lot better than I did like uh, last week. Yeah. No, two weeks ago. A lot better than I did two weeks ago. <laughs> where he just lost. Where I just lost Moana. everybody this time. <laughs> yeah. <I made> <laughs> um, that was about two weeks ago. That was two weeks ago. Now yeah. technically, yeah. Now on to Clarice. Uh, Clarice obviously gets a bit overshadowed by 
Hannibal, just because everything yeah. gets overshadowed. I think, yeah, by everything Hannibal. gets overshadowed. Like that's yeah, it's not, not, not like and not any fault of Carice. She's probably the second best character in the movie. I mean, the main the main killer is Buffalo Bill, and like you don't really. He, well, might, yeah. he might be. I the, have. I have. He might be the worst character in I, the movie. I have, yeah. lots like, of, I have things to say. Here we go for that later. So not here we go. But um, like Clarice, I think she gets like a pretty good amount of like backstory, a good characterization, a pretty decent understanding of like why she is the way she is. Yep. Between either her father, her father dying, or her not being able to save the lambs, and you also kind of can get a sense of why Hannibal Lecter is willing to talk to her. Yeah, and it's like so interested in her. Yeah, like he he does see a like I'd say he sees a little bit of himself in there. Yeah. In terms of like she has that ambition and yep. that drive that he has and that he appreciates. Yeah. Like before he went. Batshit. <laughs> yeah. Well, or, I mean, even now. Or even when he was. Yeah, even when, as yeah. he's batshit, right? Like, he, th- she shares that same drive with him. Okay. And that's why he, I think he, that's something he appreciates out of her. And that's why he's willing to communicate with her. Like, he didn't have to call her at the end. Nope. At the end of the he's movie, also, once they catch Cat Buffalo Bill, he, he straight up calls her to have a conversation. But also, there the was point no need. That, also, the point that he doesn't go out of his way to kill her at any yeah. point. He has no re- He doesn't want to. No. He, it's, he, it's like, it reminds me of interested. the. It reminds me of the dynamic from Dark Knight, Joker, and Batman. They don't want to, Joker doesn't want to kill Batman because he's. Oh, I'd hard disagree with that. What the whole point of he doesn't want to kill Batman because he's too much fun with him? It's basically the same. It's I would not say about it's, too much. I mean, I don't think it's about too much fun at all. Really. I mean, I, listen, I can't. Because I mean, then why wouldn't he kill her? It's it's kind of more like I can't exist without you. You can't have the Joker without Batman. No, 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 I'm, talking exi- about, no, no I'm talking about Hannibal now. I'm saying. Oh, why, I'm yeah. sorry. I thought you were so. And I disagree yeah. with you in terms of the Joker and uh, Batman. Okay. And that saying that that's their dynamic, but we can save that for a Dark Knight episode. Um, but in this, no, I do agree with you. He's kind of like I'm. I'm too interested in you. Yeah. You're, you're too. You, you're more unique than these other guys. Okay. You're still like a pet compared to me, a person. Okay. But I'm just interested in you. I just disagree with how you were saying that's with Joker and Batman. That's that's something I would disagree with. But mm. aside from the point. Um, I think that that also makes Clarice really interesting. Yep. She has like uh, traits of a killer in that way. Cause like, I think she says at one point in the movie, you know, you don't just like kind of become a killer. It's, it's like a slow process over yeah, the days, yeah. he says. What's your theme of metamorphosis? That's exactly theme of metamorphosis. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a gradual thing. And she, maybe he sees almost those, those baseline traits that he also had. He was extremely intelligent. Yeah. He was extremely driven and extremely ambitious. And she's also all out. the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So I think I think that that just makes her an interesting, if not fo- foil, if not also somewhat a mirror to him. Yeah. You know, like there's just a really interesting relationship there. And I kind of wish that the sequel movie was considered to be a lot better because I kind of want to see where that would go forward. But I don't feel like reading the book right now. <laughs> just too lazy. Yeah. But I do want to know. Like, I'm very curious to see how that relationship would kind of like follow through going forward. It's just really interesting. And on that note, I get to talk about Buffalo Bill. <laughs> Unless anyone else has anything to uh, for Clarice, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before you know, speak now. I, or forever I, I hold do want to talk about how nobody kind of took her seriously throughout the whole movie. Yeah, because she was a woman. Yeah, she was used as more or less bait in the beginning by Crawford. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like perception's really important in this movie. Mm. Like, there's a lot of shots about like that involve like close contact of the face or even just the eyes, and they always um. Anytime that someone's talking to Clarice, you're always seeing them look directly at the camera. Yeah. Which does a really good job of creating empathy because you're literally looking at everything through her experience. Mm-hmm. You know, through her, like, you're looking at everything through her eyes. Um, and then so much of the movie is, like, the theme is about perception. Like, people see Clarice as, like, this attractive woman. So they don't yeah, take her seriously. Yeah, and that's all she's there for. Like, yeah, or, like, they look at her when she's walking on the street yeah. and stuff like that. And, like, so much of Buffalo Bill's, his, his first sin, as Hannibal calls it, is coveting. Yep. You know, to to want, see what someone else has and want that instead, right? Yeah. Or um, there's just a lot of stuff like that throughout the film. And I know there was a third one, but I, I'm suddenly blanking on it. What themes? 
in terms of perception in terms of like per, um, perception being a major theme oh well yeah also obviously how buffalo bill wants to be seen yeah like he wants yeah, to yeah. be seen because he hates himself he hates himself like you know um hannibal says you know he's not actually a trans person he just hates himself yeah he wants to be seen as normal and as like, even as beautiful, which is something I'm going to touch on in a bit. But I just want to point perception out is super important. The scene with Buffalo Bill when he dances in the mirror, and the first time I, not not the first time when he comes up, and he's like dancing in the mirror. The only thing I can think of is Dennis from It's Always Sunny. <laughs> Are you telling me Dennis wouldn't do that? I mean, he would, but also I didn't think about it till you mentioned he would. it. The moment I saw, yeah, his I didn't face, think about like, it till you mentioned I it. I looked at yeah. his face and like, is that Dennis? <laughs> Definitely you know, thing he'd do. That's yeah. not a Dennis bad... also a psychopath. Oh, we told Dennis is a fucking crazy person. Like Dennis is kind of psychotic. He skinned people in the show. He 100 did. I'm sorry. He did what? There's a line in the show. Yeah, where yeah. There's a line in the show where like he and Dio talking to a therapist, and uh, he's uh, he says something along the lines of um. Oh, you dumb bird, bi- you dumb bird bitch! I'll skin you. I'll skin you. I'll skin you alive and make <laughs> yeah, you into yeah, a lamp. Yeah. Like, do, do you have lamp right, shades actually. of skin, people? No, you, of course you don't. You wouldn't think of the smell, you stupid bitch. I completely forgot about that scene, actually. Yeah. Holy so, shit. so Dennis is a serial killer. He might be Buffalo Bill. He might. He almost. That is starting to make a bit too much more, a bit yeah. more sense than I expected yeah. it to. But also, I think um, Clarice being a woman that nobody takes seriously is kind of what saves her at the end. Yeah, where like Buffalo Bill is like going up, like trying to caress her hair before he like kills her. Yeah, yeah. He turns I mean, off I do light. think I think that stems from his coveting. Again. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, like I don't know how much of it is he doesn't take her seriously, and how, I mean maybe well, not seriously, but like, yeah, no, I, I see what you mean because an he's a woman, woman, he sees her like, differently. Yeah. yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, that's that's, that's yeah. I mean, per- again, perception is is huge in this movie. Uh, also, interesting point that both of you said. Well, I mean, we all said that Clarice is kind of overshadowed by uh, Hannibal. For one of the review, the only like negative review of the movie was saying that Foster's character, who is appealing, is dwarfed by the monster she's after. That was like the one negative thing. The somewhere. monster she's after is that is that, that would be that, technically Bill? that technically that means Buffalo Bill, but I'm guessing they obviously guessing, meant Hannibal. Yeah, I mean, they just they means both because she eventually wants to cat, catch her. Uh, uh, really? No. She says the, at the end of the line, she says, "I have but, to get okay, you too." I'm glad that by the end of the movie, it's the monster. By the very last line of the movie, it's the monster she's after versus the monster she's been after for the other 99.9 percent of the runtime. Tyler, I think it's just a bad line that means not what it's actually saying. Well, you know what it means. It's yeah, not like, I know what yeah, it means, yeah, but it's yeah. just yeah. worded very he's poorly. He's wrong. He says it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> for that my, one minuscule point, he's wrong. But the point of that Foster being overshadowed is correct. Yeah, yeah, We all agree. We all agree on that. Like everything's overshadowed by Hannibal. Including Buffalo Bill. All right. Smooth. Here we go. <laughs> like, I'm like butter today, man. I'm just all over the place. That didn't even make yeah, sense. No, nope. no, that <laughs> was lost. It, dude. That was lost in a meeting. Why would you say that? I don't know. Where were you going with that? I got cocktails all over the place. Butter just... on the walls, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't happen when you cook, you know, just. Everyone... Just move on. What were you going to say? Keep going. Please, please stop. Buffalo Bill is done a huge disservice in this movie. So he's obviously meant to be our main antagonist. Um, but he, obviously he gets overshadowed by Hannibal and he doesn't he doesn't get to feel interesting because of that. So yeah. here's a couple things that that should be known beforehand. One, the director actually wanted to cut the um dancing scene with Buffalo Bill, but the actor felt that it was too important to Buffalo Bill's character and had it kept in the movie. Two, scene that scene and several other scenes from the movie are changed slightly from the book in terms of a, a few small details that are very important, yeah. very key. And um, three, the director clearly did not really care about giving uh, Buffalo Bill that much time in this film. 
even though he's the main killer, you know, he doesn't really get that much going on. Like the only scene of thematic relevance to the rest of the movie that Buffalo Bill has is when he has when he's going to kill Clarice and his eyes are covered because he yeah. has the glasses on. Like that that kind of ties into the same perception theme we've had this whole time. But aside from the point, eh, kind of partially to the point. Either way, um, it's his character's kind of done a really big disservice compared to the book. And I think there were some really easy ways to fix this because you don't feel any sympathy towards Buffalo Bill throughout this movie. Yeah, not at all. Not no. at all. He's just a, he, he just, just feels, feels like, like a killer. Monster. Except it's That's so it. easy to do so. Because yeah. like, there's clearly things he cares about. He has Princess. He has that dog. That dog that is very clearly very well-kept and very well-groomed and kept very healthy and very happy. He, so he's a capable of he's capable he's very obviously capable of empathy because I won't because he keeps calling the girls it he doesn't want to call them her he doesn't want to hear their names he yeah, doesn't yeah. want to become attached to them mm. so he's capable of empathy he's capable of feeling he is capable of loving this dog and this animal pretty much more than anything else the moment the girl is threatening the animal he's completely losing his shit yeah, yeah. right so like you could it was also had... just funny like seeing serious scenes and then he's just holding the dog yeah i mean like it's very easy to create sympathy with that like you can yeah. easily have scenes of him maybe a scene of him grooming the dog and making sure it's okay or a scene of him caring for the dog yeah, yeah. you see like he treats just how well he treats a- it anything that gave him made him feel slightly more human exactly and then there's one huge scene that i think could have been different because ultimately the, the whole thing is buffalo bill is just is a sick person yeah yeah like, that's what it is like hannibal is a sick person too he's a sick person who doesn't want to be cured there's something interesting about that in the scene where he says um i killed i killed a census taker i hate his liver with some fava beans and shanti and shanti those are both foods you cannot take while you're taking i think it's medicine for schizophrenia both of those foods um you're not allowed to have them while you're taking that medicine i think i knew that yeah that's like yeah. that's the famous part of that line those foods you can't have when you're taking it so he's clearly off his medication and he's happy to be yeah. He's a sick person who does not want to be yeah. does not want to be healed, right? Does not want to be cured in any way. Whereas Buffalo Bill is a sick person who seemingly never really had the opportunity to be treated. He went to multiple conversion therapy centers, and all three of them sent him away because of a troubled uh, history in his past as like a child. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So he got so angry and frustrated by that he physically uh, attacked a person. But he seeked treatment multiple times and was rejected. Um, he's a sick person. That's like fundamentally what Buffalo Bill is, but it never feels that way through the movie. It, feels, it really doesn't. He feels almost like, like especially the dancing scene. That's, I think, the most egregious mistake they do with Buffalo Bill. It feels like a freak show. Like, they have this 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 disco music in the back, and he's dancing, and he's flamboyant, and he has the skin suit sometimes, and it feels like the director is putting him on a stage for people to, to look at and mock almost. And then he has the scene where he's getting all dolled up, right, as if he's going to go out. Yeah. And he says, oh, you want to fuck me. Oh, you want to fuck me, don't you? Mm-mm. And in, apparently, so my girlfriend read the book for college. And yep. in that scene, I think in the book she said, it said, actually, you're beautiful. Yes, you're beautiful. Mm. And that is a huge fucking difference. Yeah, it is. Because that's kind of all he wants to be seen yeah. as. He wants to be seen as like a beautiful person, as accepted. Because like he's gay. He can't stand the fact that he's gay. He's a right supremacist. He's a Nazi. We see the, the memorabilia all around his room in the ending scene. He wants to be seen... As as a, a person, as a normal as a normal person, he wants to be seen as a beautiful person, as a person possibly capable of being loved. Yeah, yeah. And that scene doesn't portray that in any way. But if it did, how much more sympathy can you have with a character like that? Because that's such a baseline feeling. Yeah, like, just, that's such a sympathetic and I understandable mean, emotion. Yeah. Well, Everyone experiences that. Side note: You said you think he's gay. He is gay. That's confirmed in the movie. In the movie, he's not. He says it in the movie. He says he was gay and couldn't accept it. Hannibal says that. Yeah, no, no, yeah, you're right that Hannibal does, yeah, Hannibal, yeah, he says that. But according to this, uh, 
the director specifically wanted to make sure, not make sure, Lecter says he's not transsexual. Yeah. The director says, the director has said that Bill isn't a gay character. He was a tormented man who hated himself and just wants to be anyone else. And as far away as himself could be is just a woman. Because the farthest thing he can be from a man. I mean, that doesn't mean he's not gay. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, there's more. Uh, much of the criticism, um, he came to, the director added um, that there was a tremendous absence of positive gay characters in movies, so I guess that's why he said, um, he said that he wanted to make sure that in the movie he didn't specifically say what he was, but okay, I guess it's Hannibal, still, yeah. yeah. That's that's like that's a cheap shit by the director, honestly. Like, yeah. if the book says it and Hannibal's the main, you're you're one of your most intelligent okay, so characters in the show, say it. What, what, I mean, the what Ted the... Levine said, yeah, is like there's a lot of flack about him being gay. I never played him as being gay. Okay, yeah. but saying that I never played him as being gay doesn't necessarily mean that the character wasn't gay. Yeah, yeah, like that. I don't know. I I mean, the movie got flack for that for that. Well, aspect, the movie got yeah. flack also for its like portrayal of a quote-unquote uh, trans person because that i mean like the lgbt stuff in the movie lgbt stuff in the movie that's what got uh, yeah i mean and, and pretty deservedly i'd say it, it's it's left muddled at best yeah but he also said that if the guy was gay he'd be killing and maiming boys and men and he was killing women i mean i think not, that I don't, I don't really agree with the yeah i don't know yeah, i don't really agree with the actor on this one either yeah i mean again i'll take what the original book is saying as well as what the film is portraying yeah rather than what uh the actor's saying in this i think case. that's just his stance yeah i mean hey everyone can have a take on it but i think that um yeah ultimately the movie does this huge disservice because it's so simple and so easy to make yeah him... i mean you could literally just change one line no that's what i kept saying because i was thinking once i kind of came to that conclusion I... I was like all you had to do was change that line change the music make it less of this like poppy disco make it a little bit slower a little bit yeah something you know because like all all the film is is really a way to portray these emotions and you can easily just alter that scene a little bit and then maybe add one scene with him and the dog and suddenly you have a completely different emotional relationship with this character yeah and suddenly you're actually caring about them and then when he dies so, yeah you kind of feel something even though it's like it's like suddenly there's this human more. side to this psychopath killer yeah and like what this kind of made me think about um is Mindhunter with um what's his name i have it written down here ed ed kemper Ed Kemper's a serial killer, a real serial killer, yep. and his character is portrayed in Mindhunter, and it's so interesting in that show. I haven't gotten to finish it. I think I watched about half of the first season, and I didn't get to finish it yet because I had finals and I was just busy with shit, but his portrayal is like he's a serial killer who decapitated his mother and fucked her skull, yep. right? Like He's done like horrible shit, okay. but then every time you see him, he does just feel like a person, just like a normal guy talking. Like He's, he's got that meticulous way of speaking that Hannibal does that kind of um, hypnotic charm that Hannibal does, yeah. but he does feel like a person. And at no point in this does Buffalo Bill feel like a real human being instead of he feels almost like something that's being thrown out for the audience to torment So and is mock. this is this a problem, you think, because Hannibal is portrayed in the way he is? No. Because in the other movie, uh, in No Country for Old Men, mm. uh, Anton isn't really, like, he doesn't really have a human side. No. I mean, I, I think that I think that there are two distinctly different emotions at play here. I think that with Anton, at no point... I mean, like Tyler said it, he's almost an unstoppable force. Yeah. He's, yeah. You can almost compare him to Michael Myers. Yeah, you could. At that point, you know, like he's he's this being here to seek retribution or he just uh, goals. Yeah, I mean, he he's just, just, yeah. This was just, just a question for yeah. thought. Yeah, no, no. Because it's, it's a good question. It's a very for, question. for me, Anton in No Country for Old Men just feels like the embodiment of death, right? I mean, yeah. that's kind of Hannibal Lecter. You don't feel sympathy for Hannibal Lecter in this movie. He's not the embodiment of death. I okay, shouldn't say yeah, that. that. But he's he's also this character you have no sympathy for, but you do have interest in. Yeah. Okay. And that's important. Buffalo Bill, you don't even necessarily have interest in him. 
I feel like you need to have that sympathy. Yeah. I feel like that's an like important they, they could have done something to either make him in, like give you that interest in him or make you feel sympathetic for him. Yeah. And you know, they did neither. I feel like I feel like the interest alone wouldn't have been enough just because you already have Hannibal. But the interest alone would have been good. It, I mean, anything would have been yeah. better than what he got, which was pretty much nothing. Again, mm. the director wanted to cut that dancing scene, which is like the only real character-based scene that he has in the movie outside of maybe the one where With he, the well? The well. Outside yeah. of the well scene. I was going to say, yeah. that's the only other real major character-based moment he has in the movie, and they were going to cut one of the two. You know what I mean? So it's like... You clearly didn't really care for portraying this character in an interesting way. The book clearly did because by the time you finish the book, you actually feel a bit of sympathy for him when he dies. And it's like, well, that could have been very easily done in the movie and you kind of actively chose not to. Yeah. So like, I I, like that's like a huge, huge fuck up that I can't like look away from. Like you actively made the wrong choice here. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. That was my big, my big, that's my big bone to pick with this movie. I think Buffalo Bill could have been so much more interesting and I think it could have made such a tighter movie overall. Like, if you feel sympathy for the killer in the cat and mouse story, while this non-sympathetic killer is the one working with the police, I don't know. There's just so many more layers of emotion yeah, you yeah. can get out of it. Mm. I just think that is just really interesting. And I think it's a shame we didn't get it. Yeah, I mean, it, it could have. I mean, the movie is great already, that yeah. being one of the main negatives. But even then, I would still say the movie is... It's no, yeah, great. no, it's great. It's yeah. still great. It's still like, great. I, like, I, I can't necessarily overlook it, but the movie as itself is still really, really good. Yeah. And Tyler, you said you had one thing you wanted to mention. You had a question or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, so obviously Hannibal is this brilliant person and he can help you get, like he helps you get information or he helps you solve something. Mm-hmm. Anton is also somebody who can find something and get something. If you had to get something, or if you had something, who would you want? <sighs> okay. Is Hannibal in prison or can is he like out in the open? Uh, Does it matter? Because he's not going out like killing so like okay, so Hannibal's I, I giving me Anton. the information, right? You take Anton, right? I take Anton. Yeah, I feel like because you want to lie. A- Anton doesn't done. really want anything from you. No, he's like, all right, you give me this. If you uh, give him a good reason and you give him something for the job, he'll do it, right? Yeah. Hannibal will like slowly take your life away. Yeah, <laughs> take your soul away. And unless I you agree. fuck over Anton, he's not gonna come yeah, back yeah. for you. As long as you don't fuck him over, you're fine. Just yeah. hire only Anton. Do what he says. Yeah. And then you know, minimal small talk. Yes, here's the deal. Thank you very much. Have a good day. That's it. That's, that's it. it. You're done. That's. Um, I mean, that's that's a clean deal. But you, now you know. You go this, to Hannibal. He'll, yeah. He's like, ask your, your whole life your story, <laughs> and then he's like, eh, you know, I don't. I didn't. Like I don't. You. I don't like you at all. So I'm gonna eat yeah, you. Yeah, you're not that yeah. interesting. But now I you mean, know. I, this raises an, a question now, because like I thought you were actually going for like Hannibal versus Anton, as who would win in the end? Yeah, who would win in the end? Let's say you pit the two against each other, in a, in a, a cat, a true cat and mouse, two cats. I don't think Anton would give him anything. I don't think Anton will give him anything, but do you think Hannibal is smart enough on that, like on a baseline level, to be able to already take out Anton? Mm. Again, we haven't seen the other two movies. We don't really know all of. But like, the, we don't Han- know his whole kit. Hannibal's whole point to get you to do something is that he needs information about your life. Anton, did he, did he get information about the like guy it, in the cell next to him that he convinced to kill himself? Well, I, don't know, I, I think ranting throughout mm, the night. So I think they're two different completely different character. Oh, I agree. Right? So Hannibal is more of a with words like mental kind of thing, right? Mm. Anton would just shoot. Anton is just like he's smart, but most of what's portrayed in No Country for Old Men is like physical or like shooting and stuff like that. I mean, that's fair, but let's not say forget that uh you have Hannibal's breakout scene. Yeah, but that was also cuz he tricked them. Yeah, I mean, he you could probably trick Anton. But, yeah, but again, like Anton only realized that um Moss was sitting there for the shootout scene, because of the blood, because well, because of the because of the blood. When he got out of the car, his the trail of blood leads. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, I'm talking about earlier in the movie. When, uh, when he's sitting in the, sitting in the hotel room yeah. on the back oh, of the, the gun. 
Yeah. yeah. That's what sold it on him. Otherwise, yeah. Anton, what, like, if he had just cocked the gun a minute earlier, Anton would have walked right through the door. Yes. He would have shot through it like he did before. Like he did. Yeah, that's yeah, about, yeah. That was his signature opener. But he had no reason to like wait and then cover the shadow like he did with the towel. Towel? Towel? Towel. He covered it. He, no, he just took the light bulb out. Did he just take the light bulb out? I thought he like covered the no, light bulb. No, you hear the light bulb. Being okay. Yeah. Either way, he wouldn't have had any reason to do that if he didn't get that, but, that I mean, auditory cue. Would it, I, have, I think would that, it have really made a difference? Cause, I mean, in that story. Llewellyn no. was still like slow because he got he gets hit by the lock. Yeah. I mean, And either way, he's going to get shot by the lock because he gets it pumped out from the I, no, I agree with you. In yeah. that story, it's inevitable. But if you've taken the fact that, well, he can be fooled, he's not infallible. No, he's not, because he got fooled once before. Hannibal. Hannibal f- was able to fool a hell of a lot of people just to get out of there. It's also but, hard to describe, like, to, to do this when you've only seen, like, 20 minutes of one character. I mean, yeah. I mean, we I don't think we really saw idea. that much of Sugar, too. Like, compared to, like, the rest of the, out of the whole film, I don't think he had, like, a huge amount of runtime. I mean, definitely more than Hannibal. Definitely yeah. more than Hannibal. Hannibal was, like, barely in there. He just eats up every scene he's in. Yeah. Uh, I think Anton would win if it was just Hannibal versus Anton. More for the fact because I think Hannibal needs information about the person. Like you, yes, you're right. You can trick him, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, Hannibal. I mean, first off, if he's going for a fist fight, because Hannibal is going to eat the guy or beat him. I don't think Han- you don't see Hannibal use guns. He could. Yeah, like, we never seen him use a gun. So, like for the most part, Anton has the range, and Anton doesn't go down. Mm, yeah. That's true. I don't know. I mean, the brutal the single the brutality that Hannibal shows, especially when he's beating that guy to death. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, it, I mean, it's, it's a, all, I think, you also see the brutality with Anton when he's you do see the, the brutality of Anton. Yeah, I do think I kind of want to give this one to Han- uh, Hannibal. It, it, it's tough. One. It's tough to pick on a one-on-one Hannibal. In a you, one-on-one Hannibal, I think I take. But if it. you need somebody to find something, Anton. Oh yeah, no, Anton. Any fucking yeah. day of the week. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Hannibal, Hannibal will just fucking betray you. Yeah, Faison, you're our, tie- our tiebreaker here. I already said Anton. Oh, you said Anton. God damn it! All right, fair enough. Yeah. All right, fair enough. I can I can expect that. And then on that note, uh, this is time for our countdown. Three. Catch me if you can. Yeah, catch me if you can. You <laughs> <laughs> thought this was going somewhere He's else. Going, no, going no, 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 no. I'm, I'm debating between the... T- I am debating I know, between No Country yeah. and Catch Me If You Can. But I do ultimately think that it is Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. For as unsatisfying as No Country was to watch... I think that overall the movie was just better. It's just a very well put together film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Catch Me Can is just more fun. The performances are fine. There's not really a, a standout compared to the other two. Yeah, so. yeah. I I was definitely debating it after I watched it because like I had fun with Catch Me If You Can. It does have like highlights. Again, oh, yeah. the scene where he sees his little sister in the window and stuff. The montage for the airport. Yeah, the montage for yeah. Like, but like at the same time, in terms of just being a film, yeah. No Country yeah. for Old Man blows it out. Yep. Okay, number two. No Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men. Yeah, I, I really just think it. Oh, Silence. Yeah, no, yeah. He, he loves Old Country. Oh. He loves No Country. Because, again, the fir- I don't care for the first... I mean, it's not that I don't care for the first half of the movie. It's just that if Hannibal's not in it, I don't care. And then the back half okay. of Silence. That, that makes sense. And then for No Country, I just love the whole thing about it. It's like, oh, what scene is this? The coin scene? All right, I'll start watching from here. What scene is this? When he shoots Carson, and uh, I, I watch him here. There's no point in that movie where I don't want to watch it. It's funny. I don't okay. think I'd ever rewatch No Country for Old Men again. I think it's the lack of direction is what kills it for me. Yeah, lack of like clear narrative. Yeah. I, I think I, I don't think I'll ever like if it was ever on. I don't think I'd ever watch it. I mean, I'd watch it. I because a lot of the scenes I enjoyed watching. I mean, they're enjoyable right? scenes, but like I guess I shouldn't say that. I should say I will never seek out this movie again. I don't think I'm ever going to be like, oh, I yes, don't think I know what I'm feeling right now. No country. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever go back and rewatch it. Yeah, like I, I, was, I think I, I can, I can I rewatch. Like, 
you know, going through the channels and I saw it. Yeah, I'd, I mean, I'd, I'd put it on. Who, who has cable anymore? Well, now I'm curious. Yeah, nobody. I, I don't I, actually I, own cable. I don't either, but I'm <laughs> just, I'm just <laughs> theoretically. trying to, you know, theoretically. Theoretically. I mean, like, I would re- I would go back and rewatch Silence. Mm. Like, guaranteed. No, um, Catch Me If You Can, it's, like, kind of dependent, you know? Like, maybe if I'm in, like, a, a mood for that movie, uh-huh. like, maybe I'll go rewatch it, but, like, I'm not, like... Like right now, I could like I could I think at any point I could probably go for a rewatch of Silence of the Lambs. Mm. I'm never yeah. really. I feel it. like the lack of tension in Catch Me If You Can really killed it for me. Yeah, kind it's of. just it just feels fun because when you compare it to No Country, where it's like every like the tense moments are like edgier seat. Oh no, yeah, No Country I think has more tense moments than uh, Silence. Silence. Yeah, I think it has more because it has moments. the whole it shootout. It has the coin scene. Uh, yeah. It has, there's definitely one more. Oh, him running away from the cartel at the beginning. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree. I would still say that I think silence is more captivating in its tense moments. Mm. Like, even again, moments where Hannibal is just talking to Clarice. I could not break away, like, looking yeah. at that. I couldn't. Couldn't for the life of me. And, like, during most movies, I can, like, easily, like, I just shift my attention between a few different things once in a while. But, like, during stuff like that in Hannibal, could not look away. Mm. So that's why, for number one. Hannibal. I mean, it's Hannibal. Signs of the Lambs. Yes, Hannibal. I agree. Signs of the Lambs. <laughs> and and uh, No Country for Men. And that's I'm, the I'm more curious about, since you both of you say that this movie lacks narrative, I can't wait until you see an actual Coen Brothers movie Coen Brothers that yeah. doesn't Where have it a narrative. Where it legitimately lacks narrative. Oh, like, yeah. I'm like, I'm kind of excited. The only Coen Brothers movie I've seen is Garfield. That is a joke. I know that it's the other Coen Brothers. A different, oh, a different a pair. Horrible no, a different, joke. Letting you sit Holy there. A different, shit, a different, that no, 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 no. That's the end of the episode. No. A different, call it, call no, right no, no, no. It's actually really good. It's funny, really funny. Who is it? Tom Hanks, I think it was. No, not Tom Hanks. Bill Murray. Yes. He thought that this movie was being done by the Coen Brothers, as in No Country for Old Men. But it was actually oh. a completely different Coen Brothers who made this movie. Okay. Now talk about a cat and mouse situation, right here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we'll be seeing you next week. Thank you I for listening. You. Have a good. I we'll see you, you guys next see week. You.